Warriors, listen to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. Yes! Yes! Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Podcast. My name's Matt. And I'm Paul. Welcome to this very, very special episode. Oh my god, how was Fright Fest, mate? Mate, this is our 2019 Fright Fest special. Obviously, this is our second one because we did we only started the podcast last year. But, I, mate, I had a fucking cracking weekend. I'm telling you now, out of all the ones we've been to, this hands down was the best. Not one dud. Not in my eyes, anyway. No, we 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 watched like I think fifteen movies yeah. that we were fifteen movies that we we're going to bring to you this evening. So we've got a slightly and a podcast. Yes, yeah. yeah, we got a slightly different setup this evening. We're going to be reviewing all the movies that we saw from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, we're Hardcore. Be, yeah. So no something to scream about. No movie from the vault this week. It's just pure fright fest. Damn straight. And we wanted to thank a few people, I think, didn't we, Matt? Like, yeah, the, that made it so special this well, uh, yeah, I think this year? We have to, obviously, Fright Fest is a, a, a unique all-day horror film festival for people that don't know. Obviously, you probably do know by now because we bang on about it so much. But it, it's a different, slightly different to any other thing you've ever been to because this is the, the kind of atmosphere at these things is, is that you get together... You all love the same thing. You all chat about the thing you love. It, you kind of don't chat about anything else, really, apart from horror movies and movies in general. But then you might ask other questions like, where do you work? What did you get up to? Blah, blah, blah. And you just the conversation flows. What do you do? You know, are you a writer? Are you a director? You know, and you can, this is a place you, you can go and you can just be in a pub and there will be actors, directors, writers, you know, everything. People who worked on the film, films and, and then you just meet real fans of films as well which obviously we did and we just wanted to thank a few people before we start um definitely these two geezers andy and lewis our fright fest brothers yeah fuck me we went out of them on uh, one of the nights and uh, they're a little bit younger than us so they can <laughs> yeah. have under their drink i think literally they were hanging hammering it the whole festival <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many movies these boys got to see, but they were uh, they were having a few drinky poos <laughs> in and out of the bloody thing. But yeah, yeah, they were good lads, man. Real good lads, real good lads. Also, massive shout out to Row E, Barbara and Ellen on our on our row. Yeah, there was a few uh, a few treat a few treats on. Our, I was sat next to the lovely Babs. Yeah. On uh, Row E, and uh, they were very 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 friendly. Yeah. Um, really nice people. Always chatting about the movie, just like plenty of just like we. You know, plenty of like-minded uh, movies and stuff. Like that. It's just they were just two nice ladies, yeah, mother and daughter. So yeah, you can ask to sit next to 
two nicer people like really caring really chatty really 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 down to earth and and like they're, they're so passionate about their horror movies as well which was great and i'm so glad we got to sit near them it was an honor um also a uh, massive shout out to cat and richard that we met we, i spoke to cat uh through instagram quite a lot not ever met her before uh, and we obviously met her up and met up and had a quick drink with her, and it was just great to see her, wasn't it? Yeah. Does she listen to the podcast? As far as I know, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so yeah, we were just chatting. I've chatted to her for Instagram before previously. I think she, I think she does. Obviously. Yeah, she's two proper horror fans. They were loving the festival, loving all the movies, had all the positive things to say about stuff. Yeah. So they had a great time as well. It was great meeting up with those guys. Um, also, massive shout out to the Super Horror Brothers which are uh, uh, a horror podcast uh, like ourselves uh, representing the horror is really nice. We met up with them last year. It's really nice to meet up with them again this year. Yeah, you've been listening to the podcast for years and mm. it's, uh, they're just two nice two, two nice guys from up really, north. Really down to earth. Took a nice picture. They yeah. look knackered. They've been there since the Thursday, so yeah. they've, been, they've, they've smashed it. Also, um, massive shout outs to um, Charlie Steeds a director that we'll talk about a bit later on and also a massive shout out to joe bigos and josh Efer. there was um some of the uh, great guys uh, great directors that we bumped into we've d- bumped and talked to the nice canadian chap from uh the film harpoon rob grant he was a really nice guy and pl- plenty hilarious. of time yeah he was a proper he was proper really, funny. really nice guy yeah it makes me uh made me want to be a shark wrangler so that was all good. Um, Ab- and also Abigail Blackmore from Tales from the Lodge. She got her, uh, her mate Mackenzie Crook to be in that movie. So look out for that one. That looks awesome. We didn't get to see that one, unfortunately. We bumped into this chap called Daniel Knight, who did this short called Troll Bridge. If anyone oh, likes like cool. World of Warcraft, you're going to fucking love this Terry little short. Pratchett, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Love that thing. It was cracking. Really good. And we- he come all the way from Australia. To, to, to basically show that and it took him like something like nine years to get done crazy yeah he's just hanging out he's having a good old drink I think he's hanging out for the rest of the festival as well um, chap come over from uh, Dublin Ireland uh, that's rubbish accent chap but it's uh, Marco Bakovic this was hilarious we were just chatting in a pub and his chap come over to us and just we started talking about what mm. he did and he turns out he's the writer for uh, Killer Mermaids um, one of our favourites, <laughs> uh, Mr. Doig will remember that movie. So we were chatting and basically berating him about the movies he'd made. <laughs> but, you know, really nice chat. And then these tour de force that were here the whole bloody weekend and literally yeah. took over the goddamn festival was the Soska sisters. You could hear them anywhere. Oh my God, they were everywhere. Jen and Sylvia Sosko, did the, they were there with their movie Rabid, which we got to see um, on the Monday. Like, that was our last movie. And we got to... to Obviously, you guys got to hear them at the start of this podcast How as well. Cool is that, we had so much fun recording that intro. It <laughs> yeah. was epic. Because you've only heard, obviously, at the start of this, you heard one take of the welcome. <clears throat> Literally, they did it and they nailed it the first time, but they wanted to do a, a bit more of a perkier version of it as well. And, and it ended up being about four or five more takes before they slammed it. But we are just screaming with laughter and everybody around us at the festival was just laughing and, and thinking what the fuck is going on over there it was fucking hilarious i loved so, it yeah. those get those 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 women are fucking amazing they made awesome. that they made the festival for a lot of people definitely including us yes and obviously we want to say a big thank you to paul alan ian and greg and helen who yeah. are like the organizers of fright fest 
put on an absolutely stunning festival. Yeah, the, smashed it. Yeah. Absolutely smashed it this year. Um, the picks were just incredible. You couldn't fault anything. I've heard nothing but positive things. Pretty much, vibes, yeah. yeah. Pretty much the whole thing. It's just like, and it was weird because it just seemed like this year, maybe it's because it's 20 years, just seemed like the atmosphere in the air was just so buzzing. Everywhere you went, everybody's just cool, having fun. There was no animosity. There was no like, no nobody pushing shoving or it was just all people taking selfies with each other chatting and just having a really general good time wasn't it if you guys love horror like we do then seriously you want to get tickets to this festival it's just so much mm. fun yeah. i mean good luck getting the tickets but you know it's it's, <laughs> it's, hard, uh, enough, it's it? yeah. hard enough but yeah it's just so much fun that when you get there but it makes up for it, it? all the stress we went through to try and get the tickets it was worth it tenfold do you know what i mean definitely and the organisers are there and they're true horror fans and they're always going to take They talk, you can see them taking the time out for everyone as well yeah, they're running around like mad headless chickens but you got like Ian um, like Scottish bloke just fucking hanging around at the beginning of the movie he's just like literally asking you like what you think and how you're doing yeah just a simple hello or you know they're just like it's just guys putting on it's like they love it and they just want they just want to mm. put on movies and there's no... There's no pretentiousness. No, there's no... That's exactly what I was going to say. There's no pretentiousness. There's no, like... It is for everyone. It's a lot of drinking. Yeah, a lot of drinking. <laughs> a lot of laughs. And it's good fun. Yeah, definitely. Good fun. But we want to dive into this bad boy now, don't we? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Deep okay. Diving. Right. We had festival tickets. So we were supposed to be there from the Thursday to the Monday, but we decided not to go on the Thursday because although that mean Matt meant we missed come on, uh, come on daddy. But the two movies that are on the Thursday, we have seen the cruel and scary stories to tell in your dark. Yeah. Cause we're senior world pass holders. So we got to see them anyway. Yeah. So we saw cruel last night, which would have been, you know, if we, this goes out on Monday, like the previous week, there you go. Good maths. And we loved it. We love Crawl. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a, a proper, Fantastic movie, yeah. proper fun movie. I shit movie. my pants several times. It's pure jump scares. Just get in there, get scared and uh, just immerse, a, yourself. immerse yourself in some fucking alligators. Yeah. Um, and then Scary Stories Telling You Dark. We watched about maybe like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had an unlimited special viewing of that. Yeah. I thought it was all right. It was okay. It was like, it, it was... A, a, a well-made movie it got a good little storyline to it um but yeah i mean it, it was a lot of people have been calling this entry movie like an entry movie horror and like a gateway yeah, a gateway horror and i i disagree it's the it's imagery and scary. yeah the monsters that they used and the way they created them are they are fuck they look awesome mm. on screen mm. and um yeah i've had a lot of a lot of lot thought about this and i don't i don't i think it's more of a teenage pop you know get in there when you're 12 13 maybe yeah definitely like some of those scenes are just like towards the end as well are quite quite full-on but yeah i i enjoyed it i enjoyed it um i there's some scenes i really really did like like the uh the scarecrow stuff i thought was cool yeah the fat lady oh the the pale-faced lady yeah, yeah she was yeah. nuts and even the jingly jungly man who fell apart every little, little time he was freaky creepy really. man maybe a maybe a little bit too CGI'd in places because uh, you know we're big practical effects fans uh, but still nonetheless I, I enjoyed it it was an enjoyable film yes just like Crawl enjoyable film yeah and again maybe that's the only sod the big budget movies mate. yeah that's what I'm saying right. all about the indies 
Okay, so Friday was our first day. So we're going to run uh, run down our Friday movies for you. Mm-hmm. And film one. Uno numero one. Uno. So this is going to be film one. Tell me a story. So the first movie we saw was um, Dark Encounter. Um, it was the international premiere with director Carl Strafe, um, who also directed Solace. And this movie was a sort of, sort of pitched at me was like a alien abduction movie. That's that's pretty much all the plot that I can give you. It's like it was based around like an alien abduction. Somebody's gone missing. The family is sort of like being um, tormented by um, aliens over a night. If you like, that was what that was what it was sold to me. I was like, okay. I've got, I'll give that a go. Why, why the hell not? We couldn't get tickets to Haunt, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> why the hell it. not? But I heard it was really good, but never mind. This movie, to me, was like The Haunting in Connecticut. Do you remember that movie? I haven't seen this movie, no, but you did say this, yeah. Yeah. It, if you have seen that, you'll know what I mean with them with the with the twist ending, so sorry. I mean, we, will, we, we try and avoid spoilers, but... I think we want to talk about how we enjoyed the movie. So we maybe will, throw up a uh, warning before. Yeah, we'll probably throw up a, a big spoiler spoiler alert if uh, we if we decide. <laughs> to do <that>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is basically an alien abduction or alien assistance. Mm. Mm. What do you think about this bad boy? Um, it was really nicely shot, and 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 it seemed to. It's a slow burn movie for definite. You know, don't expect to be in get in there and it'd be like actiony, kind of sci-fi, kind of straight from the get-go. Oh, you know, not saying none, none of the less, none of the less that it's it's not a boring movie at all. Uh, for me, it had loads of tension, a build-up. It's like you, you know, there's lots of like um, really clever usage of lights and camera angles and stuff to kind of keep you guessing what is it, where is it, where is this coming from, and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I I enjoyed the premise. I, the director came out the need before the film and just said, "Look, this film is kind of my love letter to kind of Amblin like ET style films, you know, all that kind of gist to it." Which I think it did have an edge of that. Yeah, that Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It definitely had that sort of yeah, like, absolutely nod to that thing. Mm. I mean, especially with some of the imagery through, I don't know, like the lights, definitely mm. the lights and stuff that you saw, and like the um the way it sort of positioned the threat and where the threat yeah. was actually coming from yeah um and then the abductions themse- themselves and stuff like that were quite interesting yeah. to watch and it there was just something not quite right about it you didn't yeah. you didn't know where they were going completely you didn't think that it was, was going to be cool yeah. It did make you think it is a good thinker like you're thinking is making you think what is this What's going on? It also starred Alice Lowe, yes, from, uh, um, British um, actor from Prevenge. I've not seen Prevenge, but apparently it's really good. Um, she was really good in it, and um, I thought, and she play, played uh, the lead actor's uh, sister. Um, but yeah, she was cool. Uh, I thought the acting was absolutely superb in this. Yeah, definitely. Um, and even the family felt like a family unit. It it felt it felt busy at times the way yeah. he'd shot it and he said this he wanted to it was done on purpose so oh, okay. he kind of positioned the camera so that like almost all of the people and there were quite a few it wasn't a, there was yeah, a big family we had uncle auntie yeah. you know mum dad brother, brother yeah. 
um, the friend there as well. Don't forget the dog. And don't forget the dog. Um, but yeah, all these all these sort of characters in there. And it was very it just it was a very busy set for one camera, um, which was definitely notable. It probably had one of the best um, vision uh, visually uh, visual scenes in the whole in the whole uh, in the whole festival. Spoilers. Yes, no, this would be slight to, slight um, spoiler. So think Interstellar and think the scene where he flies through the wormhole. Wormholes, yeah, yeah. There's a scene where it sort of backs out of um, someone's eye, essentially, mm. all the way into space, and it keeps on going. And it's fascinating the way that it goes. Almost like you think um, 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. That sort yeah. of scene. You can see it's sure. like influences and the way that he shot in it, but it was it was done uniquely and it was done cleverly. I thought for mm. such a, I don't know, low budget, it was it was fantastic. It was a really interesting visual scene. Yeah. Um, and then you've got this um, twist, this twist ending, which we won't, which we won't spoil. No. Um, unless you want to go and watch the Haunting of Connecticut, and then you will kind of understand what I mean. But the twist was um, fantastically delivered and quite emotive. I thought. Mm. Yeah, huge, huge twist. Um, and for me that made me like this movie more it's almost like a payoff at the end and you're right it, it does totally there was like um massive massive kind of um uh, same kind of feel as interstellar um like huge bits and again i don't want to spoil it because it, it will spoil the ending if i talk about it but you'll see what we mean when you if you do go and watch this movie i definitely recommend watching it yeah, I mean, I mean, that's pretty much all I want to say about this one. It's kind mm. of like it was, it was good. It had um, a slow burn, but a great payoff. I think yeah, at the end, definitely. And uh, it was a nice, a nice, easy watch, really, for kind of the first movie, really, because it's not, it's not out and out kind of horror. It's not like out and out gore, so it's not heavy on the stomach or anything like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's just a nice little opener. Very, very good, very good start. I yeah. Well, what would you rate it then, dude? How many uh, breaths are you going to give it? I gave this five breaths out of ten. Okay, slightly so halfway. Yeah, halfway. like an average movie, yeah. slightly, slightly more than me. Yeah. I mean, I give it like four breaths out of ten, so it's not quite. Um, it needed a little bit more delivery. I've seen some better um, versions of like an alien abduction, like extraterrestrial alien abduction movie itself, yeah. that's sort of in the cabin. Um, but this was like a nice twist on it. So yeah, I'm happy with giving it like four breaths out of ten. But definitely say it's worth going to watch. Cool. Cool. Right, let's go on to uh, film two. In the morning light, my mother says, when you gonna live your life right? Oh, mother dear, we're not the fortunate ones. And girls, they wanna have fun. Our second movie was Knives and Skin, um, directed by Jennifer Reader. Um, this movie is how can I put this? It's kind of like it reminded me of kind of uh, a really eighties feel to it, kind of a Heather's kind of feel to it. It's set in a kind of like suburban town. Suburban town. Suburban town. Not rural. Um, kind of like <laughs> suburban town, like uh, high school kind of kids uh, uh, with like a really kind of like dark story throughout it and but with a kind of funny edge and the the script writing in this is bang on like the right you know the writing of this movie is just perfect in my eyes because the script writing in it the way it's kind of just like 
the between the actors how they're talking and stuff like that it's fantastic and it, and it centers around uh, a mother a mother's daughter that she loses um and unfortunately she she is dead and they can't find her and 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 kind of like this all these rumors are going around the high school and it kind of centers on on, on how this death is affecting all the her friends at school and the school in general and the outside kind of thing of all the parents and and kind of how they're dealing with the grief and the miss and uh, the missing persons thing and and everything and it centers around that doesn't it really what did you think yeah it's, it's like a coming of age movie with a missing kid yeah. like um theme around it mm. um similar like you said exactly spot on with like the overarching like heather's feel yeah. heather's sort of comes as a bit maybe more black comedy yeah but there is that black comedy in here it's, it's really hard i find to explain this one because it's it's, it's very strange it's really because i started off not really liking it that much but as the movie went on i started to really get interested there were some really quirky um one-liners in here mm. um and some really interesting there's a lot of interesting themes it's um around like womanhood and like approaching womanhood there's a lot of stuff like that um you know similar to what you get with a lot of like um coming of age movies mm. um but it had some really like odd bits i mean this one's definitely i've got to spoil some little bits for you because mm. i don't know whether you're going to yeah. see this so there was this great actress in here uh, marilyn dodds frank who's selling used panties <laughs> oh, as, yeah, like a, as like as like a side <sighs> project and then she the way it's just it's a simple concept i guess but it's just the way that she delivers it mm. and the way that she has conversations it's just like this real dry comedy but it's also i think as well with the, the female empowerment of it as where she's in charge and she knows what she's doing she's not stupid she's just I mean? really bold isn't yeah, she yeah, she's yeah. really bold and confident yeah. and that's like really like through and through and i think that, yeah it comes through in, in this uh, again because it's got a female heavy cast which is great but it really they really really feed off each other because they're, they're just a bunch of really good actors but there's a lot of kind of like issues it deals with like sexuality um acceptance um, broken families, mental health. Yeah, bullying. Deals with bullying. Yeah, it, it's got a lot of things, but it comes to male dom. I think male dominance is a yeah, big yeah. theme in here as yeah. well, in terms of like um, that sort of uh, like abu- like abuse and stuff yeah. like that. It's definitely a through and throughout. Um, you know, there's definitely that feel feel of like um, falsehood and lying mm. and stuff like that. It's there, like dealing with all that, and not just from not from just from the kids, but from the especially the from the parents yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Then then. Their sort of like role in this movie is very like they've got this mask and they're sort of just like hiding things from their loved ones and their kids. It's just really bizarre how they yeah. sort of approach that sort of subject. Um, one thing I want to talk about is the costume design in this. Fucking, Fucking stunning. amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool. I just like, it's just like, I don't know who a costume designer is, but it's just like, it's so cool and it's so different. It's edgy. I'd love to have a chat with the director on why and what what made her pick these things and she did kind of allude to it during her Q&A at the end yeah, we did yeah. stay for that and she said like that a lot of the costumes that they were wearing were sort of periods of her um adolescence and stuff yeah, like that so she was picking yeah. like the costumes that she was wearing as the music as well so she picked a lot of the music yes which was great I mean their friendship and their group is sort of like um brought together through an acapella yeah an acapella singing group and led by the um the girl's mother who, who was actually gone missing yeah so her 
deterioration is really interesting as well throughout the movie. She's some so, crazy bits. In she there. does some absolutely bonkers stuff. That, that's what again. That's what I liked about this movie is it's like one minute you're watching this kind of movie, and then it flips it on a he- on its head and shows a, a scene that's like completely crazy. And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> you know what is going on here? Did you know? That's what I liked about it. Did you notice um, some of the clothes that the she was wearing during when she was giving the um, sort of singing class? Mm. she was wearing like a really posh frock Mm. over some really dowdy clothes i think that is her daughter's clothes she was wearing right so that's yeah she was obviously dealing with this loss and like she's wearing pieces of her daughter's clothes clothes and stuff it was just like just trying to deal with the grief and stuff it was really weird because you kind of follow her through it through the movie um and it just yeah it's just one of those films that you like you don't know what's going to happen next. There was a really big, clever. there was a big theme that I think is very central in Hollywood yeah. at the moment: the Me Too movement and stuff like that that's mm. been going on. Yeah. I think that's had this vibe. It's like you have the right to mm. say no, mm. and I yeah, think yeah. there's this really important like theme: you do have the right as a uh, as a male as a female to say no whenever you whenever you want, mm. and that should be accepted. And I think that's, there was definitely that important theme running through it. I got sure. that vibe from it. Sure, definitely. There was some. The, we've got to talk about the music. Yeah, the music was very good. Um, and it's a lot of um sort of reimaginings of uh, popular sort of like uh, music. Yeah. Like we had um, Blue Monday. Yeah. And uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. By Cindy Lauper. Yeah, that, that was my favourite. I yeah. like that because it was just a really slowed down kind of version of it. But you couldn't really guess what it was. And then as soon as it got to the chorus, you're like, oh, that's really clever. It's like, it fits in perfectly. Yeah. And then it's all really sang, they're all like sang like a cappella. So it's not yeah. a musical. It's definitely not. But it's just got sometimes you just, it breaks away into this scene where they're singing uh, these new versions of the mm. uh, of these songs. And incredible. Really, really good. Absolutely incredible. The two women, two young ladies in it who sort of find finding each other and finding love we've got to talk about those because yeah. they've got to talk about that relationship oh yeah because <laughs> there's an absolute bonkers scene i mean this is weird because it's like from a horror perspective it was like mm, okay the horror's not there the horror you've got an overarching abduction or potentially missing kid mm. and you know this there's some i don't know interesting like vision visuals and stuff in terms of like her body Mm, but that's what that this is the thing is like just before it started um paul mcavoy came out to introduce this film and this was his one of his personal favorites and he's like if you're sat in here and you're expecting a horror horror movie this ain't going to be for you but if you're looking for a movie that's going to be like wow this is totally different then stay and watch it because it's a brilliant film yeah um and and yeah he wasn't wrong it made it made us think it made us question stuff and it made us really talk about it for quite some time afterwards um but like we're going back to this this scene Hmm. um you're going to talk about the bathroom i'm going to talk about the bathroom scene the passover scene the passover so there's there's a little i want to know if this is a thing okay i don't know i'll have to ask my um my my lesbian my lesbian friends in this one but um yeah the the girls were passing things back from their they're hiding stuff in their panties or and inside them inside them and then passing them over the top of the toilet to each other and at first it was like it looked like notes then it like folded up notes oh yeah like a little folded up like yeah kind of, like no yeah. it's almost like a way of getting or closer a bit of origami. yeah like a way of getting closer to each other yeah but then they had this scene at the end where they were literally passing back and forth 
a montage a montage of like items <laughs> that they'd like hidden up there um but the, it was the, so the funny hoo-hoo. because <laughs> because there's, it's like, it's like you're like okay like it started getting past like a little kind of like tiny ornament and then there's, there's a shell and, the, and then there's a shell and then it was a, a little miniature um statue of libby yeah massive references there. but all these little things and it was just almost some of the people in the cinema were actually laughing it was quite funny because it, it got a bit like, bonkers what's next yeah and i don't and i'd like to speak to the director to understand because we we think that there's got to be it's got to be some kind a of reason i mean with reason, the, yeah. in the, a lot of this movie there's a lot of themes and there's a lot of reasons for doing what she yeah. did so the, with this but we just couldn't fathom what all these items meant you know and mm-hmm. that, I mean, it must be to do with like um womanhood in some respect because i but i can't imagine what what the shell or the clamshell would like reference but <laughs> But obviously with the Statue of Liberty and stuff like that, and there was like a unicorn. Oh, it was so balmy. But again, this is a this is a dark comedy. This has dark moments to it. Um, I mean, some of the one of the most bonkers out there out there moments for me was um, the mum of one of the daughter. The mum of one of the daughters is visually pregnant mm. throughout the movie, and yet for whatever reason her dress gets ripped off at the end mm-hmm. and she's got like a massive pillow in there so she, she was ne- faking it, she yeah. was faking it and yeah. it's like why was she faking it you know it's like it's weird and she was also having you know having an affair with a clown as well oh, yeah, the dad the dad and then dad yeah in my book clown dad but the 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 mum who was dealing with my mental health was astounding she was incredible i really enjoyed watching yeah, her she performance was, she was good she was really good actually mm. I totally forgot about that. I shouldn't have, but I did. <laughs> but it got. No, she was great. Yeah, the 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 show got stole by the um by the teenage actors, by the young act- actresses and stuff like that in this movie, and yeah, they some were of the, incredible. Uh, some of these names in I they're mean, all unknown. Un, uh, yeah, none of them are well known. So, it's it's one of those things where you'll see these girls um, pop up in movies. I can I can tell you hands down without a doubt, without a doubt. Where did she say it was shot? Can you remember? Was it Philadelphia? I can't remember where it was. I don't know. And Not Louisiana. Sure. I don't know. But wherever she said she got these, wherever she said she um, shot the movie, she uh, cast the cast the, the the local local actress for yeah. the movie, and they're all part of like an improv like group. It's mm. great choice, great choice on that. So yeah, I love this. This is another really um, uh, another good movie. We were already like two in, and I was like well happy with what yeah. was going on. <laughs> so. How many breaths out of ten have you given this one? I'm going to give this seven breaths out of ten That's for me. I put down seven yeah. breaths out of ten. Yeah, look at us agreeing, <laughs> agreeing. I did actually put it in that, on there, like seven out of ten. That's very good. I can see it. Okay. Good fun. Now on to uh, film three. Right. Here we go, guys. After, I mean, this is... Strap yourselves in. Strap yourselves in for a conversation. Because <laughs> uh, the third movie was uh, on the Friday was Bliss. And... This was pretty much the last but one film. Yeah. I We weren't going to go and watch this. We were we were going to go and try and watch um, a film called Freaks, but... He's like, okay, we've, we didn't, we couldn't get tickets. Let's just go and watch this movie. Oh my god, I'm glad I did. This is like, yeah, this might be MVP of the, of the actual whole um, festival for me. It was totally unexpected. I had no idea what to do. I didn't get. 
it had it turned me off in terms of the plot it had like the plot you know little synopsis of the movie it was like around like a basically a drug fuel trip on the lines of like uh mandy and it's like um you know basically someone spiraled into you know a failed painter has like um is basically got a bit of um painter's block and she needs to be able to crack on and with this masterpiece that she's trying to create so she goes on a drug fueled binge to be able to create this thing and i was like, okay she's on drugs what sort of crazy shit can happen and like turns out that bliss the name of the movie is this type of drug that she goes for what happens in the first half of the movie or the first quarter i suppose is it's very much she's fucking i mean it comes from director joe begus who is absolutely incredible i mean the dude is is yeah he's nuts and star and the performance star and performance of the festival for me by dora madison who um who plays the lead and she's just dizzy yeah dizzy Desi. Desi. Yeah. She is absolutely incredible. She deserves, like, I don't know, if there's if there's some kind of horror independent award and stuff for like for this, she's got to get something. She's just nuts. She's mouthy. She's strung out. She's um, well-tempered. And then she's, like, ha- like, just watching her party with her friends and just go through this absolute mess. It's almost like if you've seen Mandy and you like the second half of Mandy, which just goes into this sort of, like, hallucinogenic sort of mess mm. this is the whole movie yes yeah, I, I i i'm not a big fan of mandy but i absolutely love this movie yeah but i, I know what you mean kind of like it's very it's not similar but it's, it's it's taken it's it's got some similar things as mandy yeah i think the coloring and the way the the choice of like um uh, cinematography and stuff yeah. like that is very similar and stuff yeah. like that, and the way they sort of deal with the trips i mean the camera work in this was fucking nuts this is basically and this is what i'm going to do big spoilers now um is this is fucking a rock and roll modern day vampire movie right yeah that we didn't know that we didn't know that was going to be a vampire movie it's not like your normal vampire movies though that's the thing it takes it to a different it's initially yeah it's a vampire movie but it flips it and makes it different and that's what i liked about it It wasn't the the standard kind of there's no fucking twinklies in here she is fucking... No, that upset you, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> she is just like a tour de force. Like when she's on the drugs, she doesn't know what the fuck's happening to her at the end of the day. Every time she sort of takes these drugs and goes out of her mate, she can suddenly go back and paint, start painting this um, bits of this masterpiece. And she becomes... And the way she does it and the way that they shoot it, you're like, what the fuck is going on? And you're, you're with her. You're with her every step of that trip. Whatever she's on, you're on. You feel it. Yeah. What was really clever as well, what I liked is they use one of those cameras that they strap to the actress or actress. Oh, okay. And, and it's basically like, um, it's, it's right in front of their face. So it's kind of when they're moving, obviously the camera moves with them and it just makes you like really kind of like, it's just really up close and personal with her. And that's what it does a really clever job of doing is now she's commanding this film pretty much wow pretty much 99% of the film it's her 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 just controlling this film all about her she's in pretty much every single scene and the way it's shot it's just so clever because it's just so close you kind of like go on this trip with her like you kind of touch on it's like you're there non-stop like you're on her shoulder it's almost like you're 
I watched this movie, right? I, I don't do drugs, but men want to go out and snort some cocaine. <laughs> Literally. The amount of cocaine or bliss. Oh yeah, God, the amount of stuff that she snorted. rams up her nose is nuts. It's like, she had to be a vampire, because otherwise, if you're a normal person, you'd be dead. Fucking right. I mean, her tripping's well into, like, becoming a vampire, recognising... No, there's no, like, recognising until maybe, like, the last scene, where mm. it's like... And, well, we'll talk about that in a bit. That was fucking nuts. But, like, when she's going out and she's sort of, like, I don't know, there's a few, like, indications that she's, like, uh, the blood sort of, like, does does something to her. Yeah. Um, and then almost, like, when she does that, she can just fucking paint. And she doesn't really get it. And um, mm-hmm. she's running around, like, L.A. Um, trying to find her mate. And it's just it's just constant on the go. There's no little pause button. It's just, like, go, go, go. I've got, uh, I've woken, she's woken up the next day, looks at her painting fuck that looks sick what's going on and then it's yeah. like she goes back out and she's fucking looking she at me blackouts and she, she doesn't yeah. really understand what's going on reminds me a bit of i know this is completely weird but a bit like crank <laughs> where he has to keep his heart levels on. <laughs> yeah. it's like she's like has to keep you know she's kind of taking this bliss drug and she's trying to keep her body like to a certain point so if she gets starts getting these stomach cramps and feeling ill she starts taking the bliss again to make her feel better it's just awesome really really good just really really well shot and the music as well oh the music was fucking awesome like there's a the theme throughout it there's just like uh just music and like with no vocals and stuff and it's just like it's it just follows through the whole film it's brilliant really good and then there's like some nightclub she goes into and this metal band's playing and again the camera follows her it's like it must be a one shot where they come straight in the bar do some shots go in the toilet coke follows them out of the toilet back through the through the 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 band and it's all just one single shot and it's fucking awesome remind me some of the scenes like got influence of like definitely um like irreversible and stuff like that in terms of the nightclub scene obviously not maybe to the level where someone's getting their head caved in with a bloody fire extinguisher but that don't get me wrong there is some fucking gore in this movie um this is does not shy away from a an absolute brutal uh, vampire movie to be up there with any, I, I put this up there with like the the greats in terms of what that we we were talking we were looking for something new we were looking for like yeah. a modern day um like vampire movie and this is it if this is yeah. what you want to go if you like music you like rock and roll you like heavy metal you have that sort of like alternative image, fucking go see this yeah. this is just absolutely nuts and you you we had obviously joe bugos came out before the film started and it was like you can tell that he wrote this movie because the amount of swearing in this movie but the use of swear words as well so clever oh. it's just such an edge to it it's like you can tell that it's like got this punchy script where it's just like no holds barred and it's just like full-on like it just takes you on a full-on ride from start to finish. that's what i like about it as well it starts off and it just starts and it just keeps going and going and going there were before this movie. There was a the short by um, yeah, is the, another, another like his co- colleague who worked on the movie with him, Josh Efer, yeah, yeah, producer. He's like um, he did a short called Gutter, and Gutter was like a five minute, five to ten minute something or other. It wasn't very long. It's a short movie. It's really short, but it's just this woman who sort of like going place to place. I've got no place to stay, so she's just going out, finding someone, going back to their place. And then fucking them up, and then living in their place. And this, <laughs> this has got one of the most fucked up scenes. <laughs> I don't care. This, this has got one of the most fucked up scenes in any any 
um, movie on screen that I've seen. Um, I I find uh, Irreversible nauseating to watch. Um, the scene in here for me almost beats that the way that was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, she basically stamps this guy to to death with a just a, you know just a boot, and she is just stamping on his jaw, and, and you can see everything. The the special effects and makeup. Mm-hmm. Whoever did that. Well, they had the, the on. They had the two special effects on the uh, same people on on uh, on the Q and A. They they did Joe Beancross's film, um, and they were saying that it it was no CGI. It was literally all um, prosthetics, and they just blended uh, where his head stopped uh, to where literally the stomp was, and it was just like <laughs> it looks so fucking real. It yeah, was crazy. You got to go and check. I was like, oh, even I was like, oh, that's that looks too real for my liking. <laughs> did they use some of the special effects in? In the Bliss movie, yeah, because the yeah. end scene spoilers, 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 spoilers. Yeah, major um, spoilers. Yeah, the end scene is absolutely nuts. It's like um, two vampires going at it, but they're not like flying on fucking walls. Okay, we're not they're talking about this anything. They are just fucking fight. beating the shit out of each other, yeah. biting each other's fucking heads like Covering faces. Blood. There's so much blood, yeah, and it's just like blood oh, I want to watch it again. Like now, yeah. it's well, nuts. Apparently, it does come out in October. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Got a proper release. Yeah, but I don't know if that's going to be like hard copy or whether it'll just be VOD or okay. something like that or Shudder. Or I don't know. Yeah. If you listen to this pod and any movie that you want to pick, go and see this movie because mm. it's got everything. It's got the soundtrack. It's got the um the way it was shot. It's unique in terms of the genre that it's sort of touching upon. Definitely. Unique. And it's just fucking, fucking rock and roll, man. Yeah. And it's <laughs> just, it's one of those movies where it's kind of, he's the kind of director that I'm like, fuck, whatever he does next, I'm fucking in. Yeah, big time. Full on. Like, so those two are, those two are working together again aren't they they yeah. said that they've yeah. got another project so I, fucking I bring can, it on. Yeah, can you imagine a, co- a collaboration like of them two? like directing a, a, another movie together oh mate i watch that all day yeah all day this is one of my favorite movies from the uh from the festival 100 percent, hands down what are you um rating this bad boy nine out of ten yeah solid it's like for me it's just a nine out of ten it's just uh, like literally i like you said earlier it's like i'm looking for something like this this is just I think it's in our kind of remit. It's in our fucking wheelhouse as what well. Like we want something different that's going to push the boundaries, be fresh and different and be like really excited about it. The kind of film that puts hairs up on your back and your neck. It's just like, it's just interesting, well-written, well-shot. Effects are great. Music's great. It just ticks all the boxes. Yeah. And like, I, how I, can you fault it? I mean, I, I thought, any faults. this is what I thought Mandy was going to be like. Yeah, same. And so same, same. this is the movie I was looking for. Yeah. So thank you very much for like um, putting this on and letting us watch it. It was yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah, and and the best thing about it is that um, Joe Bigos and um, Josh Ether were there pretty much the whole festival. We saw them just like milling around, going to films and just chatting. And I I went up to him and said uh, I'd love to have you on the podcast. So watch this space. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were just having a beer. I could hear them cracking beers open and stuff. And I was like, yes brilliant <laughs> yeah we need to get on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all okay, right so did you rate it 
Yeah, nine out of ten. Oh, cool. Nine breaths out of ten for Excellent. me. <laughs> right. Move, we've got to move on now. So let's move on to film four, the last movie on Friday. So by this time, we were ready to go to bed. No, we weren't. We were basically like, it's, it's kind of like the last movie. It's quite late. Like, what, what time was it about the last movie? Did you say about 11, 15, something like that? It was a late one on the Friday, yeah. Yeah, so it's quite it's quite late. And uh, we were like, let's watch this movie called Bullets of Justice. Starring the amazing Danny Trey. His second is one of two yeah. movies that we saw him in this the weekend. So we obviously we're a little bit lagging, you know, starts you kinda of start to get a bit tired and stuff, but literally this film just kept me awake. It is fucking batshit. So we had a little bit of Q and A from the director and the and the actor. They come out and did a little Q and A. Um and they're from Kazakhstan. So this is a, a, a Kazakhstan-made film. It was filmed in Bulgaria, um, which is really strange, but it must be cheap to film. Um, what can I say about this film? Right, so mutant pigs, um, a really fit bird with a tash, a guy that is like Zoolander on freaking speed. Uh, <laughs> it's got incest. Uh, gore through the house it's got really bad cgi moments which are uh, uh, obviously tongue-in-cheek um some world-class acting <laughs> um from who what benedict arsehole have no. you seen benedict arsehole oh my god seriously there's like um some woman in it that's kind of like she's all, all like the m of the kind of organization and she's like a german and she's just the strangest actor you've ever seen so you got from that she was german Fuck knows, I didn't... She, well, she, yeah, she's obviously like an ex-military kind of German, I don't know what, like, it, it's like, she's like, I don't know what it was, but anyway, regardless, it sounds like I'm talking this down and saying it's rubbish, but it ain't, it's so brave and bold, it's got bits in it, you, you might, I mean, Paul's turning his nose up right now, but the director came out and said, we just want to make a film, we didn't give a shit about what people thought, we just want to make a film of what we wanted to do. And it's so different that I actually really liked it. I thought it was clever. This is be- a, I thought it was brave. This is a late night say, uh, sci-fi movie. Oh, it should be right up your street. You love totally, this sort of shit. I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? I, was, I fucking love this movie. I thought it was batshit. I mean, we're talking like, um, this is completely my type yeah, of movie. I forced you sort of to go and watch yeah, this movie. You did not want to go all. and watch this. And you loved it more than maybe more than I Probably. did. Um, I mean, I, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I mean, you know, this is a shit movie. All right. This is a pile of shit, but it's so shit that it's good. good. (laughs) Right. Okay. That's, that's, I love that line. It's so shit. Yeah. This is one of them. Okay. There's no, there's no, um, dancing around it. It's a pile of fucking dog shit. I think they know, they know that, right? But they knew it. Because of what the because like of camp. the because it's, it's just, camp it's funny it's ridiculous I mean there's a fucking real sex in it there's a yeah there's a pig real sex. there's a pig who has a jetpack with a little dwarf in Inside, his backpack yeah. that keeps shooting stuff I mean this is fucking like uber ridiculous yeah all right I mean this is like cheesy grindhouse sort of like moments all right I think like maybe you got nods to trauma and stuff mm-hmm. like that it's just fucking nuts I mean there's a pig called Benedict Arsehole. That they keep mentioning, and the whole they keep mentioning this Benedict asshole like about every five fucking minutes. It's so weirdly. I don't know if it's weirdly dubbed or if it's done on purpose or or what, but the fucking dialogue is just absolutely nuts. It makes 
this film makes no sense whatsoever. There is there is definitely going to be a fucking sequel to it. I can fucking see it, which is going to be bonkers. Um, Danny Trejo is in it for like what five minutes, and it's like fine. It's only a cameo, isn't yeah. It? You got like they they just want his name on the tip, <laughs> which is fine. And it, it does it. It's you know because yeah. he's got, got you interested. Well, yeah, and he's got that machete edge um, to it. To it, you certainly, know, definitely. Certainly, so definitely. if he wants to put his name on this movie, fine, and in, and it works. And the main dude was fucking like you said, that was perfect. <laughs> he was fucking like a a knobby Zoolander who had to fuck everything. It was so weird. Um, and you keep saying that it was real sex in it. I didn't. I I read it. It was. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was fucking crazy, man. And it's, the, <laughs> it's just like I've got to talk about spoilers. The ending now. Obviously, the ending leaves it on a cliffhanger, but there's a massive obvious nod because this film deals with basically it's set in the future. Pigs are taking over humans. Humans are the, are the smaller race, and they have to fight back and and fight for humans and stuff but then it's got a, a, a time travel kind of thing to it this is why it's just absolutely out there and crazy uh, but the ending is just a massive nod to Back to the Future <laughs> it's so hilarious I'm not you just gotta watch it to see it there's this weird it. Ben Kingsley looking motherfucker in it who looks like um uh, I don't know what the fuck he's he's like a robot or a cyborg or what the mm. fuck he was he was used as like a human shield oh, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that most of the time there's some weird guy who's got like Jedi like powers in it as well. I couldn't tell if it was like a trip. He was <laughs> dreaming. He didn't know what the fuck. I mean, there's teleportation in it. Um, there's pigs throwing fucking arrows at people. Women keep on getting killed. People keep coming back to life. Good, there is some good effects. Though, like the gore effects with the practical yeah. effects where people getting their heads chopped off and shit. It's funny. <laughs> Yeah, and the Benedict's asshole makeup was fantastic. It's like arse face from Preacher. It's brilliant. And basically, when he talks, it's just like. It was fucking so weird, but. Yeah. And they had the pigs had their own language, and it was just fucking nuts. I mean. And what more can you ask from a film than a kind of dwarf literally trying to open a bag for five minutes with the camera on him? I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what happened. Me but you, it was funny. I I, I, I was pissing myself because I didn't understand. The whole underst- cinema was pissing. I didn't understand what was going on. I did not understand what was going on. <laughs> it was so bonkers. But yeah, crazy. Fair play, fair play for making this movie I'll and actually that putting one. out. I want to find out. I need to know the budget. I need to know all sorts of shit. Yeah. It's just absolutely crazy. Go on, then breaths out of ten. You go. Okay, well, I'm gonna give it a four. I think four breasts. Four, four oh, breasts is fair. It's, I'm, it's a it's a love. There's a lot oh. of love for it, but mate, I gave Killer Mermaids two, and I love that movie. Easy now. So what you got to understand is like I'm giving this four because it is dog shit. All right, it, but it is so campy and fun. <laughs> it's so campy and fun, but it doesn't deserve more than a four in terms of what they made and stuff like that. There is like. I can't, I can't put it up there and give it an average rating. Because this film, I, I thought, I'll be honest with you, I thought I was going to have a little a nap in this film because it was so late. But it, because it kept me awake and purely on the fact that they came all the way from Kazakhstan, which was probably fucking God knows how hard to go, um, that they come out that way just for that midnight, like pretty much midnight showing. Fair play and hats off. I give it five breaths out of ten. Fair play. So that's, you know... Four breaths out of ten then. <laughs> so, on to day two. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all 
fall asleep so day two we started off the day with a film called ghost killers ghost killers versus bloody mary sorry I'd that's that. easy for you to say yeah well <laughs> that, yeah easy but i don't even i'm not even gonna attempt to say the actual um real title that it is fucking uh, brazilian basically yes yeah, but has uh come from brazil and believe it or not this movie is um from universal pictures uh from brazil universal pictures um now essentially what this film is about is a group of kind of like reality youtube guys that oh they're a bit like the ghostbusters um they kind of hunt ghosts uh really badly and they're pretty much down on the luck they don't have no money they're running uh their their um kind of business from the back of their their dad's butchers <laughs> uh and um they get quite a lot of views on YouTube and and stuff like that. But essentially what happens is a school is being haunted, well, but not being haunted. Um, they basically the principal of the school wants them to come and pretend that they've got rid of this ghost that everybody's talking about. So the kids will go back to school and not be scared. And they just think that a kid has had a seizure in the toilets of the the haunted school and this is where the uh, character bloody mary is uh, based in the school toilets so he employs them essentially to go and get rid of the ghost and so then the pupils will go back to school right that's basically the plot yeah um and this is it's definitely a comedy stroke horror gore fest bit bit of a kind of like nod to kind of uh, evil dead kind of feel to it right, it's got a, it's like a homage to, to, it's like a like a high gore fest high gore evil dead stroke ghostbusters movie yeah you know focusing on they sort play of one on the ghost. ghostbusters quite a lot in this. yeah they, they know what they're doing yeah. they they um they've got a shit uh sign on their <laughs> uh, like badge which is basically which a, they, a rip to off be fair, they, they take the yeah and they know they know what they're doing a rip off of ghostbusters it's so fucking funny and they come up with these really cheesy, like tools to use and stuff. Mm. Like they've got no trap. There's nothing like they've got no backpacks or anything. They they know, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. They think they've got some kind of like one of the, the girls thinks she's like a a precog, but she's not. And they are basically shit. They go into like houses on the internet and they're not real. They sort of fake it. Mm. They're faking it and they're moving on. So. That's what they they're living to do. Yeah. Um. Until they come up against a fucking real ghost that wants to kick the shit out of them, <laughs> and she's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, the bloody Mary character and stuff. When they they sort of realise they're all setting up to fucking, um, you know, catch a, all this camera and and, and, make it and up. film yeah. it and make it up. And when shit starts getting real, oh my god, there's some fucking outstanding scenes in this movie. Mm. I mean, you know this. This doesn't sit back on the fact that it's pure comedy. This has got some proper blood, proper gore, mm. and proper batshit scenes that you just can't, you've never seen before. Yeah. Spoilers, big time. Yeah. My favourite scene. Yeah, go on, I know what Okay. Because um, this Bloody Mary thing inhabits all sorts of shit. She can pretty much... school. Yeah, yeah, go in and out with the people, blows heads up, and, you know, she fucking just causes mayhem. But there's one scene where she inhabits, they're in a science block 
and she inhabits the um like a fetus that's in a jar and the fucking fetus is start comes out and starts like kicking the crap out of one of the 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 ghost killers um tiny little tiny little it basically looks like something out of the fucking ghoulies or um you know gremlins it's (laughs) weird it's so good the practical effects of this little thing it's cheesy as fuck yeah because it's a little fetus that's like wrapping its umbilical cord around him and like having a little proper fight. And it's just one of those fucking beautiful moments in horror that you're never going to forget. It was, it was epic. The fight was epic. And what does he do? A oh, little baby fetus. <laughs> jerks himself off. And then comes in the guy's face. Oh, does he ever? <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Take my money. <laughs> just for that scene alone it's hilarious the hilarious. balls on this fucking movie is fucking incredible to come from like like even if it's Brazil universe I don't care yeah, yeah. it's got that scene it's just like if if that makes it to like proper release I'll be fucking amazed yeah, I bet it will because having Universal back they would have they would distribute that yeah. for sure for sure oh so beautiful that it was in there it was so stupid and so ridiculous there's there's some really kind of like going back to the gore there's a certain scene spoilers again where um the security guard is basically uh having like a mind trick played on him by um bloody mary and he literally sees all this food on this platter like all the best food he loves like all this lovely food and he starts diving in and eating it and stuff and then obviously when uh she stops kind of making him out these kind of like hallucinations he's actually eating a dead body <laughs> and it's fucking gross but it's really good effects it's really horrible um but yeah really really crazy effects just a fun gory clever little movie yeah really really funny i think for me i think it could it could be shaved down a bit it felt like a bit too long for me yeah, like the t- and especially like the because there's a couple of end credits and stuff keep going back to and stuff and it's just like you've already done that joke like a couple of times already and it's just like yeah it's like a, there's a lot of people falling on people and then not being able to get up for ages and then they get up and then they slip on the blood and there's quite a few times that happens that yeah. I just think it could be shaved that I mean. You know, it might get shaved down in the original cut when it finally yeah, comes out. There's a fight with a poo as well, which is pretty <laughs> fucking fucking weird. Like That's an strange. actual poo, like hanky poo sort yeah. of style. It's nuts. And I I gotta give a, a round of applause to the fucking director for thinking up this shit. Mm. Um so yeah, we, we did enjoy this one. It was a, it was the first film that we watched on the Friday, so yeah. Yeah. Good, good fucking good shout. Little good little starter, man. What about what about rating? I rating gave Joey? this one five out of ten. Okay, I'll give it a six. I don't know why. I think because the fetus scene just made, made, made me give it that little little, little might, bit extra. That might nudge me up to a six. It's just epic. It's just silly. and It's never, good fun. Yeah, it's fucking stupid fun, man. But uh, yeah, good. Right, on now to film two on Saturday. So we got to watch Critter's Attack. We've waited for this one quite a long time. Well, you know, ten, almost like... 10 years, I don't know. Uh, they've done four Critters movies. We had Critter 1, 2, 3, and 4. 3 obviously had them started the career of Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, we just had the um, Critters TV series. Did we? Uh, it was a little bit of a flop. Yeah. Um, but um, this is just like, goes back to um, your nostalgia on a big level. I mean, mm. thank you so much for the t-shirt for a start. Mm. Um, yeah, we were lucky enough to get through the door and have a really cool 
kind of throwback VHS type T-shirt with, crit- with critters on it, critters attack. Yeah, it's lovely, mate. I mean, the mo- the, the the sort of synopsis of this one is just like you know, it's fucking. I mean, I don't know what you can say about it, the fact that it's just critters, but this one had like a bit more of a, I don't know, I want to say Gremlins vibe. It's almost like two ships crash onto Earth this time. One with a load of fucking critters on, uh, one with one crite, and one with like a sort of like princess crite, yeah. which is a bit like queen diff- princess, queen princess crite, weird, weird sort of like weird thing. But you know, in, uh, and then obviously the crites start like multiplying as they do, and more and more, and then just shit happens. Raining terror. Raining terror. I mean, the puppets were great. Yeah, they were fantastic. I thought they looked brilliant. And like. It's like they've basically gone back to the basics and gone, right, we're going to make everything practical effects because everything is. And we're going to go back to basics. We're going to use what we used before and we're going to make them look like they're supposed to look. Yeah, and there's a, we got the Critters ball in here as well mm. from a couple of uh, a couple of opportunities like we did in Critters 2 because mm. everyone fucking remembers that thing. And we got a nice scene with them running over some dude and getting, getting munching. So I love that. Bring more of the Critters ball. And they made the Critters ball again. So I've seen pictures of that online. So that's fucking great. Well done for ducking, like, just going out and just doing it. Yeah, I thought um, the some of the acting in it, I mean, I know it's, like, tongue-in-cheek, some of it, but the, the, the lead actor, I thought she was really, really good. Around her, not so great. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, it... <laughs> The beauty of the sort of um, Critters 1, Critters 2, I suppose, maybe not, maybe the later ones, but like it had that sort of like real, even though the, the dialogue was really cheesy, the guys could still kind of act. You had D. Wallace in it. I mean, D. Wallace did pop up in a nice in a nice way in this one, but I don't know, it was more of like a cheesy, cheesy cameo. Yeah. So the acting was too dry and like too stale for me. And it, it revolved very much around the kid actors and it made it more of like um, a kid movie. One in, thing in some respect do, it, yeah i agree with that to to definitely but one thing it did do is strike up a, a nice warm feeling inside of the 80s nostalgia bit because when they show the kind of princess critter woman she's all like cute and that it really did remind me of like those like little pop puppet monsters from the 80s you'd see in the kids films definitely you know i mean like something you would see the cross between it between like something from flight navigator with something else yeah. and they made this do you know what i mean when it's yeah. like it was cute and whenever whenever they had her on the scene it's like this really cool 80s kind of lovey-dovey like music playing in the background almost like my little pony thing going yeah. on but that's the thing it was the music like music was ace though yeah Fuck, music was come quality. on man that I mean, 80s synth yeah mate, i'm not gonna knock any Brilliant. of this stuff and I'm, I'll, I'll take critics day a critics movie all day long but i just felt like where the first critics movie come out is like a 15 is one of the first movies i watched like horror movies i watched yeah. and i remembered and like you saw piss and shit and the stupid critics swearing and all that sort of stuff it didn't have any of that charm in it but then there is no because you're right because there wasn't didn't take that because with the first one there is a really dark undertone to it because it's quite violent mm. but creepy violent like the eyes in the garden and yeah. stuff like that this one was more comedy i think than I think it just needed that little bit of horror edge to it to make it kind of better. I'd like to see one more attempt, right? But go go back to don't just shave the comedy down a little bit. Yeah. All right. Take the kids out. Um. You know, I know last time we had Scott. What's his name? Scott Gimple. Is that his name? The mm. ginger one. Yeah. But yeah, but it's like, but he was cool. 
he's like a you need something just with a bit more he's a geeky cool kid i don't know there's something like cool about him he, mm. even though he's like a proper nerd yeah. like getting the firecrackers i need it Are they trying to modernize it probably but oh, i don't know just something something missed a beat from with this for me no, and i think I it was agree. a kid it was nice seeing it on the screen big screen um you I, know. St- I still want to create a cry all day bloody long of course but um yeah i'm not going to rave um and, um and run around the hills for this one mm. so if you want to avoid it you can but you know it still gets uh if it's up your street if you like puppets and you like gore yeah um i mean uh, yeah i there was some really cool bits i like i love the, the shower scene bit it's quite funny yeah um but yeah yeah it was it was okay it was okay um but i don't think it was what we were quite expecting but it was still fun to see. wasn't disappointed still so that's all good but um uh, uh, well how many uh press would you give it four out of ten four out of ten it's because it's, it's a critter movie it's still getting five but i'll see. give it a five just because we've got a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks for the t-shirt right let's go on to film three tommy Oh my god, so we are just about to talk about I don't know, I I'm I'm blinded by Kevin Smith, unfortunately. Or fortunately. I think we both are. It's not just you'll be a Kevin Smith fan, so am I. Yeah. I mean but this did things for me, <laughs> this movie. Um it's called um, Madness in the Method, and it's directed by and his directorial debut of uh, Jason D- Jason Mewes. And you're thinking, oh my God, what is this going to be? Um, and this is sort of like a, one of those fake biography movies, um, almost, that they sort of do. It's sort of like a rever- reverse biography movie, I suppose. Um, and this is all, this movie surprised me what it was actually about. Um, and it's about Jason Mewes' life. <laughs> If he not if he was a failure, but if if it's almost if like small things working out, it's almost like Jason Mewes is pissed off that he can't get a lead. He and in reality, Jason Mewes doesn't give a shit, but maybe he does. That's why it made me question this. But it's almost mm-hmm. like Jason Mewes is trying to make a career for himself away from Kevin Smith, and he sort of get he's always given the snoochie boochie role, and it's sort of his sort of look and the at sort of like trying to get that role any by any means necessary you know even if it's bumbling and by accident <laughs> it's so fucking weird i mean his best mate in the movie is vinnie jones mm. all right as is that, Vin- is that do you reckon he's really good mates in real life or do you think this was just for the film i don't know man he got he seems to just got his mates involved because they because obviously they both went to rehab and stuff this is what makes me think possibly they are yeah because the, st- the story's nuts because the story's yeah. so close to well it is it's almost like a montage of his life because there's things that make me think yeah maybe it is and then there's things that make me think or is it it's really weird it's like is it or isn't it it's stuff you his wife in it that isn't his real wife no but then there's other people in it that are real in his life like no, kevin it's... smith like you know harley quinn and uh, like other people and stuff and i think well, it's kind of a mix of the two, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's got some truth and some not truth. And that's mm. why it's so fucking good. I think for me, it's so good as a Kevin Smith fan. And like, sorry, View Skew fan. Like, because this is, 
this is nuts it's like it's like seeing it through a different lens of i mean if you listen to the podcast and you understand what i'm talking about and you understand what like muse went through and stuff like that when he came when he actually went through rehab for the last time and sort of like got himself out back on the back on the straight and narrow you like this is like him having like almost like a punch at his life and it's funny and it's and it's like whoa but because you sort of read all his stories you think oh did he feel this did he feel that mm. you know and you're like oh you almost feel sad for him and that's and if that's how good um an actor i think jason muse is i thought i, I thought <laughs> really is really good in this because like obviously um first and foremost as well this isn't really a horror it's got a little bit of horror element in it a bit of violence but it, it's no way near a horror. No, I don't but, know. But I do, it's not. It's not a horror, dude. <laughs> um, um, but that being said, yeah, it, I went into this and I thought this was going to be a complete... I thought this... Uh, it's really weird. I thought this was going to be like Jason Mewes' kind of like completely kind of written story, completely different to anything else. I didn't know way, shape or think that this was going to be so in the USQ universe I really didn't think that that's why it was a pleasant surprise for me because I personally think obviously like you touched on if you are a Clerks fan if you're a Kevin Smith fan if you're a Morats fan a Dogma fan whatever you're going to fucking dig this movie in a massive way it's right up your street it's got so many nods to the USQ universe it's got characters from it it's got millions of cameos in it. Do you want to chat about the cameos? Oh, fuck me. I mean, the, the, talk about the main, um, his main sort of, uh, his, his jealousy is brought about from Brian O'Halloran, who's successful. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's one of the fucking things of how he convinced Brian to do this. Um, because, you know, he's Brian's had an all right career, but he's, you know, he's living off the... <laughs> Coattails of Kevin Smith. Yeah, as they all do. And I think but they, so I what? don't, and I think they don't mind. I think they love it. And this is like, it goes back to what this movie's about. It's like living off the coattails of Kevin Smith. What would happen if you wanted to go out in your room and things got fucked up and you started killing people? Because that's pretty much what he does through mm-hmm. the movie. But some of the cameos are great. Dean Cain. Yeah. Oh my God. He pops, Dean Cain pops up as Dean Cain. And that's um, <laughs> he just thinks that he's, he's just like, he, he's always popping in like a, his glasses and a hat saying that people are always looking at him and trying to get like, um, try and think that he's a real Superman and stuff, and keeps putting his clothes off so <laughs> to, <laughs> try and see to, the S. to try and see the S. And he's like, "That's a fucking great parody." Casper um, von Dean from yeah. uh, Starship Troopers is in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh my fucking! Well, I haven't seen that guy for so long. He plays like the campest dude ever as well. It's so funny. It's brilliant. Danny Trejo like pops Obviously, up, yeah. and that's funny as well because he's literally um going method because apparently he's read the same book as jason which is this book that is tells yep. you all the trick and he's playing he's going oh, i've read the book i'm playing method i'm being method actor and he's playing like an outrageous gay man and he's got a feather boa on and it's just hilarious and and pink it's like, vest and it's like no, but danny trey gets to act like as a complete different character which is just hilarious because you know you normally see him as himself playing himself in every film but he's just it's funny as he's yeah. playing this game, and he's so good at doing it as well. Really good. Um, and you got uh, Terry Hatcher, yeah, uh, but not as Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher plays his agent, which is so batshit that they got Dean Kane to play Dean Kane, yeah. but Terry Hatcher is like must have come as like a pair. 
Um, what else? Who else you got? Well, we've got Stan Lee's final <laughs> ever performance. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, I mean, God rest his soul. Oh, not, not the best way to go out. No, but. <laughs> Fuck it, I love the movie. So you know, thank you know, the fact that he did this for. He's got one of the Jason. guys from Busted in it, which is even weirder. <laughs> Pops in right at the start as like a record uh, exec. It's, uh, it's just mental. Great. This is just a spiral of um, Jason Mewes trying to um, get a ro- get a role in Brian O'Halloran's <laughs> movie as the lead. He only wants as a lead, and he's just anyone. He kills someone. And then he has to cover up that death, and he has to frame Vinnie Jones, and it's just a fucking roller coaster of just nutball. And at one point, there's this scene between him and Kevin, um, and like Kevin's just like going at him. It's just almost a monologue, doesn't he? Like, uh, yeah. And then it's almost too real. It's like it's almost if they actually, if they did have like a disagreement and an argument, this is how it would go. But obviously, you believe that that probably wouldn't. I think happen. it's the acting. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying: is that seeing that is quite disturbing. I nearly made me cry. It nearly made me cry. Yeah, that's but how fucking. That's how good it was. Truthful. And I and I think I was a little bit drunk. We were we were drinking a little bit. We we were fucking blind. Like a I was a of uh, kraken. That's kraken. I was a bit drunk, but like, I don't care. It nearly made me cry. That scene, cause, and and that proves how much I fucking love the fucking. I mean, it's all the over guy, the place. Oh yeah, completely all over the place. I'm, I'm sure, like, if and if you're not a Kevin Smith man, I and mean, we know that there's people out there who who despise um, Kevin because they think it's cool to do that, mm. or they just don't like him. Fine, whatever. But I love the I love the view skew, love the shit that he Same. he does. We'll watch Tusk, Yoga Hoses all fucking day, wow. whatever. I'm just that guy. I'm that guy. So I, I just, it just filled me with joy. Filled me with absolute joy watching it. <laughs> yeah, it was really, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And that's why I have to rate it a nine out of 10. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> yeah. I rated it an eight. I must admit, I gave it an eight. I rated it nine. I couldn't, I couldn't give it any more. When I was pissed. I don't know. Like just because that it made me feel really good, and I'm not gonna. So what other films have you away? given a nine this year? Mid- <laughs> Midsummer. So it's up there with Midsummer. Brilliant. <laughs> I'm blind. Yeah, fair play. I'm blind. It doesn't matter. It's like down to your opinion, mate. It's, it's like, probably a five, but you know, it's a five. It's, 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 <laughs> not pissed. It's a five. Pissed is a nine. Yeah, probably. I don't know, but fuck Brilliant. it. No, I had great fun watching it. We had we had fantastic time watching this movie. Uh, it, it finished off the day perfectly. We were drunk, and then out we went and got even more drunk. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good fucking end to the night. So we got, met 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 some met the lads. Yeah, met the lads at the at the the Phoenix Club where they go to and stuff like that. And that was quite a good experience. Right? Yeah, it's good. Because we never got to go because we're always like busy and fucking tired because we're old um but no, um, we normally only do two days, which yeah. is a bit intense. So this time we had time to kind of relax and go. And, let our hair down what little we have of it so moving on to day three tell me a story a game what do you want from me so we started off the day with a film called Spiral. 
Um, now, this film was very interesting. It's essentially about a couple, uh, a gay couple that moved to, again, the suburbs. And it's uh, set in the 90s, which I thought was quite cool, which is different. You don't get loads of movies that are set in the 90s. And they moved to a sleepy little kind of suburban town. And they're like the only gay couple in the village. And um, they've got their daughter with them. And there's some strange goings on starts happening. Um, There's kind of a, a crazy guy that just keeps staring at them. And they have a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a home invasion that happens. And eerie things start happening to them. What did you think about this one? Yeah, I wrote down like um, it was an edgy, twisty delve into paranoia um, with like a creepy get out vibe um, as families are drawn in every 10 years basically to this sleepy town. So they, mm. this cult can fuck them up in, in a weird way. And Wow, you pretty much jumped straight to the end there. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, well, I don't know how much too much I've got to say about this one, to be honest. Oh, really? There was some... Um, the, the main dude in it was uh, was was great. Um, is, as you did watch him, like, literally, sort of, almost like a Stephen King-esque Jeff sort of thing. Bauer. Yeah, but he's yeah, just like... Dave Malik. I don't know. He was just, like, very, very paranoid. It was fantastic. It was, it was odd. We didn't hate it. We definitely enjoyed it, like, yeah. uh, like watching it. Um, and it's like a sl- it's a slow burn. It is a slow burn, and it's got a great payoff at the end, um, which we're going to maybe a little bit more. But like his sort of paranoia and his sort of way that he sort of starts splitting up the family he sort of got as he sort of you work out whether he is actually seeing what he's seeing. It's almost like it's um, a kind of massive build up, but it's almost like a thriller type thing. And it, like, That's fair. like you touched on, it, it's got a lot of political undertones to it. Huge mm. political undertones. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it does build up and build up. And then there's a really cool kind of twisty payoff at the end, which I thought was was quite interesting and different. Uh, is it, Would you say it's like an occult-y film? Yeah, occult edge to it, witchcrafty and kind of like I don't want to comp- folklore. Yeah, and I don't want to compare it to like maybe some of the other folk films like you know Wicker Man or Midsummer and stuff like no, that. But it's, it's different, isn't it? It's got those sort. Of, it's got a bit of symbolism in it. It's, mm. You know, it's got the symbols. It's definitely got the town. I mean, there's a lot of more. I thought about this movie. I thought about it more like this week. I did. Mm. I did give it some consider like actual sat down and actually thought about it. Mm. Um. We, there's stuff that we should have noticed throughout the movie, like the clothes and like the the period. Like the, there was like not there was like sign it was signposted there was something not right that he was sort of like correct in seeing something that was going on. Mm. I mean, we can only assume that like um, when he started delving in and working out what's going on that, that every ten years something weirds happening that they try and, they are drawing people into this sort of cult. Um, the main thing is the the um the kid a teenager who yeah. sort of like um starts befriending the daughter yeah his style of clothes mm. was a bit weird and out there now i know it was the 90s yeah but the what he was wearing was very james dean ish it was like bell bottom i don't know it's real bell bottom trousers like leather weird leather jacket and, and his car was a bit it was a, he was out of place it was almost like mm. the family and like uh, had sort of like 
worked out, I don't know, how to be part of society, uh, society yeah. and disguise themselves, maybe, maybe, because we, I think some, I think, I think what we're supposed to think is that this, <laughs> yeah, that, that somehow they're gaining youth, yeah, they're, think, ne- they're not aging. Well, what I think they have to do in this occult is that he is possibly the demon slash devil type thing that they are feeding he stays the same age and they go through time right do you see what i mean i think that's why you might be seeing it maybe he has got different clothes because he likes those eras that he was ah, in possibly it was, it was something that's just look yeah, it was yeah. just something out no, there right yeah it was something totally. out there about his um he didn't seem right um but there's not too much worth talking about apart mm. from the end i think like the the end. It's a good end. It's a good ending. I I, I like the end because again, it's one of those things where it's like, did it happen? Uh, it tackles again mental issues. It tackles um, a thing that uh, a kind of unsavory thing that happened in the main character's life at the start of his life. Uh, deals with trauma, acceptance, and all this kind of thing. Yeah, bigotry, fascism, and yeah. all that sort of thing as well. Yeah. Um, but. I, I quite enjoyed this one, I'll be honest. As I, I was quite entertained the whole way through. I mean, I think it's like, obviously, we were a little bit hungover and it was the first film of the day. Um, but, yeah, I, I found myself quite interested in it and, and invested in the characters and listening and trying to put, work it out in my head because I love films that try and, me, like, try and let me work it out for myself, uh, which... I kind of did bits and did been, uh, but there's a certain a couple of bits where it kind of delved into other areas. Like, is it trying to now be a ghost story type thing? Because there's a bit with like a ghost that's blatantly trying to help him. Yeah, that was a bit of a bonkers. But again, and I think goes that goes down to his mental out. health. Yeah, yeah, well, it could be, or is it? Because mm. then spoilers, the end shows kind of what I, we won't talk about the end because i think that people should probably it's definitely worth a watch but you know it is it is it does it all start again or what is this kind of thing um but it's definitely an interesting watch yeah me. it's definitely worth like i mean for the there's a nice little bit of gore mm. you know the sac- yeah. the sacrifice scene out of, that comes out of almost nowhere mm. um and oh, i don't think they were going to go there no but they went it there did. and they went there yeah. with it and that, you can see yeah, it was very, very brave to kind of like see um, this person, hmm. I won't say who, yeah. just like inside, outside, <laughs> yeah. basically. It was quite an interesting scene. A little a little fact of this one, which I mm. found quite interesting. The director, Curtis David Harder, um, produced a film that was their harpoon. Oh, really? Quite interesting. Oh, I didn't cool. realise that, which was quite cool. Um, yeah, but... Um, I gave this one six breaths out of ten. Ooh, I gave I it. Quite f- liked it. I gave it four. Ooh. Okay, so it was like on the same lines as for me as like um, Dark Light. So it was like worth a watch, but it just didn't. Dark you know, Encounter. Dark Encounter. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Dark Light is what we'll be talking about soon. soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, moving on to uh, our second film of the day. Mm. Okay, I get to introduce this uh, movie called Eat Brains Love, which is basically a zombie rom-com um, at its core. And it's, it's, it's about 
a zombie virus that can be passed on via sex. It's almost like a, a, a zombie STI. Think it follows and stuff like that, and then you become like a a fucking a fucking zombie, <laughs> basically. And like a everyone, fucking zombie. yeah, a fucking zombie, yeah. Um, and the zombies are weird, and it's when they sort of can change back and forth once they've eaten. You know, they can sort of appear human. They don't deteriorate. It's a bit of a weird little little vibe. It's different. It's different. Not there's really a nice different. little. There's a different little. There's a different little take on um the the sort of zombie outbreak, which I quite liked. And the three sort of leads in this are absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um, we've got like some absolutely fun fun. I mean, this is a fun movie. It comes from director Rodman Flender, who did fucking idle hands so yes, if you like you can idle see hands, that in the film yeah, massively you can see the humor in it and the performances come from jake canavel angelique riviera and sarah yarkman and Yarkman, it is, yeah yeah i mean it's like a sexually charged zombie rom-com it's like teenagers who will get who are basically get trying to get frisky um passing on the uh, zombie virus this, this to me felt like the same kind of era as idle hands as well it sort of still had that kind of 2000s kind of feel to it because like the third person thing where it's like narrated by them and stuff like that it was, it was quite cool like it's very tongue-in-cheek yeah very zany very short like punchy one-liners but yeah it had a really nice nice fresh feel to it because it's kind of like the second film of the day we just watched something that was quite a thinker and quite deep and then we went straight into this which is like really like i like i i, I kind of describe it as a bit like um, zombie land stroke eye zombie kind of feel to it yeah big time um, it, but it's like really fresh and kind of like just just like it was just fun to watch visually um the you know all the characters in the film are, are good to look at <laughs> really really kind of like cool and the girl that basically plays because she can like almost kind of she can touch things that the zombies have have owned and she can see where they are and what they're doing and what, a weird little what twist. feeling yeah which was cool now the girl that played her um the actress um sarah yarkin she is gonna be in some big films i think because she was cool she's really good in this she's got such a unique look to her mm. um acute ripley as they keep saying <laughs> in the movie um but she i found that she was brilliant in this i mean the acting was quality and the the guy um, Jake Carnavale, he his dad is uh, Bobby Carnavale. He's a play, basically he's been in loads of TV shows and films like that. Um, but I didn't realise. But he was really good as well. He sort of reminded me of like a young, we say younger, but he's not that old. Um, what's his name from uh, Kickass? Yeah, he has that yeah, sort yeah. of vibe, and there's there's enough of them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's got that. But that's the thing. He's got that same look. Yeah. As because um, you've got. They both played Quicksilver. So what's their bloody name? Oh, yeah. Aaron, what's his face? And then yeah. the other one. <laughs> the other one. The other one. They've both got that sort of similar look. Yeah. And he has it as well, unfortunately, with the shaggy hair. So I don't yeah. know. We'll see where he fits in. But, but um, some great one-liners and jokes in it as well. There's like some really good bits. Loads of fun dialogue. Loads of like pokes. Loads, loads of like of gore. Loads of gore for a, it was a zombie movie. You got to have it, but they did it very well. I think one of the best, my favourite parts and funniest parts is when they basically debate basically who deserves to get killed and eaten because they obviously <laughs> have to eat to survive and they have to decide what they're going to do to keep the kind of zombie at bay and feed their kind of like want for flesh. So they're basically going through like murderers and paedophiles, and then like then they get to the people that are basically 
they're getting so hungry they just start blaming people that are you know just getting on their nerves or something. Uh, yeah some some <laughs> chap decides to go too close to oh, the yeah. back of their car and they just go hmm, right, this okay. guy's a douche probably a douche and they just like stop the car and eat him it's like anyone who pisses them off they need to need to get a bite but it is quite funny their little, I love their the little conversations and stuff like that and and and, and I like it because it's like it's just like a cla- it's like one of those movies from the two thousands that really didn't give a fuck about what they were saying they just went for it yeah it's just fun and it's like it is about kind of teenagers and and sexual awareness and and kind of like being really interested in girls and whether girls want to get to with boys because they're popular and all that kind of you know it's it, it just really it just didn't really care about what it was it it was just a fun movie and it had a de- and it had a, a, a an interesting cock munching scene uh for <laughs> zombies do roast dinner <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you like um which is definitely worth checking out so um yeah this was a fun a fun movie for the day and i needed it i needed a, a, a pick me up a fun <laughs> zombie movie and this could easily be a tv show like you'd like the on the lines of ice zombie because oh, yeah, that sort of precog vibe that they have mm. you could you could go places with that, but mm. maybe they just keep it as a movie. But I, I, I did, I did enjoy this thoroughly. How many breaths did you give this one? Right? I gave this breath this seven breaths out of ten because I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I bloody love a zombie movie. That's good. I, I gave it six, but you know, I, you know, definitely go to a seven. On the same page, then, dude. Awesome stuff. Good. That was good fun. Good fun for that day. Um, okay, well, let's move on to uh, film three. So, film three, we had the um, tickets from the Prince Charles one to go and see Dark Light. Um, I don't know about you, but I love going to the Prince Charles. Yeah. Just as it has this kind of like vibe to it where it's just like, you know, that you just feel like it's kind of a place that's seen great things. You know what I mean? It's just like the look of it, the feel of it's old school the seats are nice and comfy. It's just like a real nice place to be. It's plenty like, of leg room. Yeah, <laughs> plenty <laughs> of leg room, yeah. Um, so yeah, Darklight. We went to see Darklight. So this is a film by Padre Reynolds. It's a director. Um, this is a kind of like, definitely a creature feature. Yeah. I think it gives nods to some really old school movies full of quality practical effects. So it follows um, the lead actor, which is Des- Jessica Madsen. Um, she was in the most recent uh, Leatherface movie. Fucking love that movie. She's That's great. Really, she really as a, she's a great actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is very, very good. Um, it's quite funny as we went to go to our seats. Uh, there's obviously a couple of uh, blokes uh, behind us and. I thought in my head they've got to be either relatives or something here to see somebody. They were they were dressed up. Yeah, they were they were there to support their granddaughter, was it? Yeah. Um, and they were there, and we got chatting to them, and they was just telling us about her career. They're so proud, uh, and stuff like that. And she's actually going to be in the new Rambo movie. In the last yeah. Rambo the movie. Last one, which is cool. <laughs> Fair last Blood. Is it but called Last Blood? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She. I thought she was really, really good. So it follows her as a character. Um, It kind of starts halfway through the film. It's like a flash forward. Flashback sort of film, yeah. Yeah, 
so it starts off with this uh follows her she's a single mother she's in this house and they're getting bothered by some creature alien type no i don't say aliens don't say alien alien. they're not alien alien. they are subterraneans well they've got there somehow so we don't know they might not be you don't know it doesn't really show it they're not they're they're subterraneans that are living under the farmhouse yeah i know but where'd they come from under the house they live in caves but where'd they come from under the house Mm. they've been living under the house Mm. I don't. They're not fucking aliens. I'm not saying that. I'm not ruling that out. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't. Explain. <laughs> I'm ruling. It, I'm ruling it out. It doesn't explain where they came from. All right. It doesn't explain. Like. Anyway. Clearly. So. Subterranean. Eight. The yeah. So just you've totally thrown me off there. Um. So the design of these creatures, I thought, was brilliant. It was like the the again all practical effects. A guy in a suit. Um, with with a fucking lighthouse on top of his head, with a massive with lights, because these things they obviously I don't I don't want to go into major spoilers, but they're essentially yeah we're just going to spoil they they feed off of like basically souls, so they suck the soul out of you, and the the younger the soul, the better energy they get from it because you're kind of pure, let's say. So these um, these cave dweller creatures uh, are after her daughter, and obviously she don't want to give up her daughter, and they just terrorize her. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't just have that. The thing is about it, it fucking had, even though it's a monster movie, along the likes of like Descent and stuff like that, I suppose. Um, it had like a real paranormal feel. Mm. You almost didn't think you thought that you were dealing with aliens. Yeah. All the way. This is why you go back to the aliens thing. You're dealing with aliens. You're dealing with some kind of entity um, because you couldn't fucking see it, and it yeah. kept on creeping around the house, and it kept on um, being places where it shouldn't be, or jumping to another room, or or tickling the roof, or doing all that, those sorts of things. The one thing I loved about this is the use of sound. Yeah, definitely. Loads, like it really depended on that kind of sound thing where it was kind of like you say it's in one room, then it's in another, then it's banging stuff, dropping stuff. It's real creepy, like creeping around, like it almost wants to hide away. But then there's just... some great shots as well, especially yeah. the one where she's out in the field and the cornfield. Um, yeah, she's looking back at the house and this this fucking creature's yeah, like walks past walking the along the window towards the daughter's room. It's oh, fucking, it was it's showing the goosebumps now. It was yeah. very had some very creepy moments in it. Mm. Yeah, mm. I definitely did enjoy doing that. And um, she's just all she's doing is trying to protect her daughter. That's mm. all she wants to do. And no one's really believing her. The the um, the sheriff's a bit of a douche. Uh, she doesn't believe her. She sort of just thinks that she's like harming her kid, and she's trying to and she's trying to get yeah. her away from her daughter. Her her ex um, has you know her ex is like comes over, and she also he also sort of doesn't really believe her. Mm-hmm. No one really believes her what's happening, and it's like some fucking thing is stalking her. And the use of the dumb waiter is cool as well as well. Yeah, it's creepy, and yeah, it's just like the suspense again, and the build up's really clever to to the. I love it because it builds up and builds it up and then when you finally see the kind of creature or the creatures or it really like it's like oh my god that's freaky and but the design of it is really cool I really like the design of the the creature itself and you know they we were lucky enough again to have a Q&A um, and they built the whole house 
they built basically they got let down on the caves they were going to use so they built all the caves yeah which was fantastic set pieces really really cool um but it just again it kept me entertained the whole way through i love a good creature feature yeah really hits that hit the nail on the head and it's kind of what i wanted like a good creature feature kind of thing yeah bloody loved it could mm. easily be on the sci-fi channel good tension and i'm and it's put me like out there to watch his other films which is um 2016 worry dolls and 2011 uh, he did um rights of spring and i'm gonna go and track him down and watch him now for definite. So i'm really interested in and apparently the director's got a couple of new things coming out. And again, uh, hopefully we'll get him on the podcast at some point and speak about his new projects. Let's hope, man. It's fucking um, good. I gave this one a 7 out of 10 because I really liked this one. Well, I'm going to give it a 6 breaths out of 10. Cool. Okay, I liked it, but it's just, yeah, maybe not my completely my cup of tea. Mm. But yeah, fucking for what he did, it was just, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. some good one. bits. Really, really recommend that. Really do. All right, then, let's go on to uh, film four. Who wants to play a game? It's time for hide and seek. Run, run, run. Time to run and hide. Run, run, Oh, my God, this is an exciting Fright Fest moment. We have got a movie that is going to be at the cinema at the end of the month um, this is actually a proper cinema release movie I don't think that I've ever been to a Fright Fest where knowing that it's going to be out it's a bit of a weird because it's very indie Fright Fest yeah and this yeah, year definitely. they've obviously had the likes of Cruel Scary Stories Tell in the Dark and then this one Ready or Not which we've seen the trailer for um, it stars the stunning Samara Weaving and the uh, handsome Adam Brody and uh, also obviously um, Andy McDowell as well so it's got a great still looking great I'm still looking great it's got a great cast and a great feel and it looks fun the trailer looks fun and the movie quite frankly lived up to the trailer it was just a fucking smashed it absolutely smashed it it was a a fun um, a fun movie to Mm. watch uh, with plenty of like you know slapstick kills and stuff like that what I was going to say about this just before we dive deep is it was really cool because this was like the film before one before the end right so outside in the foyer it's just buzzing everybody's just seemed like it was like the energy was buzzing because everybody has heard nothing but good things about this movie there was loads of people milling about the Soski sisters were running about you could hear them a mile away and then Andy Nyman was over there the guy that did ghost stories he was just chatting to somebody at the one the arrow store something like that and, and everybody was just out in the lobby and it was busy as anything and it was just buzzing because and we were really buzzing for this I mean me and you were like we're so excited going in we are like fucking hope it's good please don't let us down tomorrow we've been <laughs> like, you've been acing everything we've watched so far oh it's just great in the babysitter please, yeah please just smash it and it literally lived up to its expectations I was I was worried because we were going in with very high expectations and for me, this film fucking smashed it out of the park for me. Yeah, and if you haven't seen the trailer, the movie's like um, basically, you know, this this lady is getting married into a, fa- a family that own a sort of board game company game and have empire. done for years. And yeah. you know, she's she to do once she's married to the son, she has to go through a um, sort of hazing initiation initiation to join the family. And if just so happens, if she pulls this one card. Then she is fucked. Now, of all the games, it's like chess, 
Yeah. Checkers. It could be anything. It was, you know, the, de- the demon or whatever it is that sort of like gives them their, their good luck, their family history or whatever, um, decides on what card she gets. And she so happened to put out hide and seek, as you see on the set, as you see, and you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, it doesn't mean good things for her. No. It means a fucked up wedding dress. <laughs> yeah. You know, and she, she goes and hides, and then it's just like full on just cat and mouse cat and mouse cat and mouse with fucking shotguns and bows and arrows and little guns and accidental I don't think we should spoil this one even nah because it's a wide release yeah. you should definitely you should just put your tickets and definitely go and watch this film for sure and I think what I'll say about it mm. I'll try and make this uh, try and make this brief um, the location was awesome as in the setting and design mm, of the actual really house was good. incredible the music and the costumes were absolutely outstanding. Yeah, the costume design, fantastic. Yeah, the MVP has to go to the aunt. Um, <laughs> she was just absolutely nuts. You she didn't even have to act. She just nah. looked her but face. She was great. Yeah. And uh, just get ready for a, an amazing explosive ending. Mm, yeah. Um, what about you? What, you got anything to say? Yeah, I, I wrote down about the props and the in the house was fantastic. Um Apparently, a little fact for you, they had 17 wedding dresses she had to go through, like, all different stages. Bloody hell. Uh, which, is quite, which is quite cool. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, Adam Brody from, uh, what's he used to be in? OC. OC, that was it, yeah. He was brilliant in this. I want to see him in more stuff. I think he's great. Um, so, Mario Weaver smashed it. Andy McDowell is brilliant. And the, the humour in this, the dry humour and the tongue-in-cheekness of it, it was just totally fresh. Totally fresh storyline, something different. Great writing uh, from the the guys that did uh, VHS uh, and Southbound, which is great. Fucking because, yeah, they're they're getting out there. People they're actually getting writers that are good, and this is what the end product is. Let those small indie writers go for it, and this is just a great product of that. And and I just thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this movie every minute. It was a great last movie. This is our last movie of the sun- yeah. of the of the Sunday, and it was just fucking great. What yeah, a great way good. to sort of just turn it in. Mm. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I gave this eight breaths out of ten. I also gave this eight breaths out of ten. High five. Ah. Yeah. A fucking great movie. Right, let's move on to day four, the last day. Tell me a story. Okay. Okay. First movie from Monday was a movie called Black String, starring Frankie Muniz from uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Malcolm himself. He's all grown up. Yep. The dir- like a real man now. Yeah. The director was Brian Hansen. He's kind of stacked old uh, Frankie Muniz. He looks like he's been working out. Mm. Yeah. He's still a bit of a sap. You know, and he hasn't really grown up. His face hasn't really grown up. His body seems to be yeah. filling out, but he's still Malcolm in the middle, unfortunately. Yeah. But Malcolm you should have it... had a cameo from Dewey. <laughs> yeah. That'd be nice. Malcolm gets laid, which is great. Malcolm gets laid. <laughs> That's why it was one of the first things I wrote. Um, what can I say about the black string? So this movie is about a sort of like spiral into madness, basically. It looks at mental health as well as like witches and cult uh, cult themes throwing out um and it's just a it's about a, a you know a guy uh, no one believes is basically a, a cult is stalking him 
Almost like 97X6 Evil. It, this, it, it's really funny. I was going to say, it really reminded me of that <laughs> because basically he sees an advert online for a, a kind of dating agency yeah. where you kind of hook up and just go on a date. And he goes and picks up this girl and the date's going really cool. And he's quite he's quite inverted, introvert. Uh, introvert, yeah. Sorry, that's what introvert person. And she's just trying to bring him out. And she's really trying hard. And... She, Let's be honest. She's way punching. He's way below her. I like Frank. Don't don't knock his look. (laughs) And she just literally goes for it. And you think, well, she's been pretty full on. So she's like straight on it. She just wants some sex. She wants. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. He's looking for a friend and a date. And then it's so it's like, essentially, she marks him, and then she disappears. I thought she was going to be throughout the movie, which is a bit of a twist. Um, she's not. She just disappears. Yeah. And then all this weird shit starts happening. So his life just... It's quite clever how he starts off and his life is just... He's just bumbling through life. It's routine. He yeah, looks like routine. he's got routine. He's got an, a pretty crappy job. And he's not absolutely loving life. He's a creative person. He's obviously had some issues previously in his life and now he's back on his feet. And then it just progressively just goes downhill for a moment. Yeah, his life um, just suddenly spirals is, out of control. It does put you in his shoes quite a lot. It makes you feel quite sorry for him and, and it does take you to some dark places. He's inc- But it does have a little comedy edge to it as well, which is quite clever. Nice little comedy bits into it, which I like for that horror. And good bits of... Yeah, good bits of gore. And he is an incredible actor. I'm. He was really, really... He really, really, really carried this movie. It, yeah, yeah. And you really do believe that there is some kind of, like... There's either... You're challenging yourself to go, do I believe him? Is this cult real? Is he seeing something that that's not there? Um, or is he literally, should he be locked up in a psych in a psych ward? And that's like that sort of one floor of the cuckoo's nest at one stage mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he's 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 pretty good, and he carries this whole bloody thing on his back uh, as he runs around, and it's got a nice, nice another one like similar to Spiral. The ending mm. is fucking gory as fuck again. Yeah, there's a one scene I want to talk about actually in particular. There's a scene where he's basically pulling this black string from his body and I thought that the effects on that looked really cool and it just looked like it, he was in so much pain doing it yeah it was most... really really clever I love that bit I, I thought it was really really good um but yeah it is totally kind of like is it real or is it in his head kind of feel to it but this was the uh, I believe this is the first movie uh that this director's ever brought out so you kind of got to tip your hat to him uh, to, to kind of do this sort of movie as your first movie. You know, a feature-length movie with quite a complex storyline that deals with some quite big issues. And very watchable. Yeah. Totally. Very watchable. Totally. Just, really, you could I'm easily, really I, you, could, you know, you, I don't think you get strung out or bored with this one. No. It's quite like, you know, it takes you on a ride and you do question all the way whether his sanity is there mm. or or not and you want you want to believe him and you want to be on his side and it's different it's a different storyline and it's something new and a bit different which i liked yeah we'll get a little bit cult there is a very sort of culty theme to fright fest there's a lot of cult cut sort of cult movies even though you got like ready or not 
or we talk about spiral and all that sort of stuff. We've got a couple more coming. Yeah, in got a couple more coming in a bit, and it's like so. There is that sort of like you know maybe there are variations on the genre. Hey, cult is in right now. Well, Midsummer, look at that bad it's boy, in. and look at um, how the success critically of um, Hereditary. So, um, yeah, a resurgence. It's just a different take on it but very interesting and i did very much sit down and like was like very pleasantly surprised for this one yeah it took me on a right old ride loved it what are you giving it then man i gotta give it like six breaths out of ten i did i give it six as well Ooh, Hang on. yeah we love it don't we? we love agreeing don't we right then let's move on to uh film two for monday so film number two this is a film from fangoria called satanic panic coming from straight from um chelsea stardust this film is brilliant i enjoyed this because <laughs> it was just like we had a little kind of video link um that they showed from chelsea stardust just basically saying why she made this movie said she's made this movie it's no holes barred it's about stuff that she loves it's a love letter to sam raimi is uh, the effects i mean it's done by fucking fangoria for christ's sake so it's going to be like special effects heavy it's going to be gore heavy but that's the what she said she wanted she was like if you love that shit if you love um, drag me to hell then you're going to fucking love this shit and from start to finish this movie was brilliant so it follows a girl that's just uh, day one on a pizza delivery job and she's got to deliver a pizza to a very wealthy area she picks it up because it's, it's basically she thinks that she's going to get a nice hefty tip out of it and it follows her and she goes to this house and shit starts to go wrong because she kind of discovers a cult <laughs> <laughs> and stumbles in on it yeah and like okay so we just watched ready or not like the day before yeah. and i was thinking hello you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's like this is another big house, mm. another family of wealth money. And the location, again, was outstanding. So there yeah, was yeah. definitely some similarities between yeah. the movies, even though they they sort of like glance at different themes. The sort of end result you saw in your head would be similar to what happened, what mm. Samara Weaven was going through. So I saw some similarities, but the journey that we went on with this was fucking, <laughs> was I don't know if I want to say far superior to Ready or Not, but it was just like on it was just it was it was almost like it almost kicked in kicked ready or not for me in the curb not quite but it was it was there there or thereabouts for me because i just like it up the level the the gore was different and mm. the deaths were different and i think some of them were like even quirkier i mean it stars some had some great actresses mm, yeah. jordan ladd from uh cabin fever yeah. and club dread um ruby mundane and Rebecca Rogin, Romjin Stamos, fucking Mystique, original represent Mystique is in there, and she's great. Well, and a fucking cameo. amazing Funny. cameo from Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, I mean he's fucking great. Star Stand by Me and Scream Two. He's fucking his little bloody face. It's so funny. That whole <laughs> bit is hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, it's, the cast is brilliant. Cast is brilliant, and there's just like more blood. There's more practical effects, like a little. It's just like they death becomes a mm. sort of reminiscent of just like you know they've got 
they just come up with like spells like all of a sudden like like little rituals mm. and then send off little weird creatures after them and stuff this like that. was uh, what i liked about it. it was different it wasn't it was completely different to any other things kind of it took little bits from other kind of like monster movies and gore but it made its own kind of stamp on it which i thought was really really clever um and also um the writing on this was fucking real like just kind of hit the nail on the head for me because it was just like it's really quirky and funny and great one-liners in there and lots of swear words which lots and lots of swearing and i'll tell you what one of the best death scenes in any horror movie you see we saw some good ones over the weekend but nothing beats a death by kildo you know so i'm not going to give too much away but you know there's a fucking massive massive dildo scene which is just to be seen because it's nuts it's fucking crazy there i do want to talk about a couple of the other uh, cast members uh jeff daniel phillips is in it he's in a lot of rob zombie movies and he made a little kind of appearance as uh one of uh, one of the cult people which was quite funny and did you notice the the uh, pizza place owner Ske- skeeter jennings um, from Cuddly Bear from Puppet Master. Yeah. Cuddly Bear. Oh, he was great. He was one of my favourite favorite um, characters from last year. Massive shout out to Ruby Modine um, that was in Happy Death Day. Um, she was really, really good in this. And I didn't realise, but halfway through the movie, then it twigged, oh, she's in Happy Death Day. She's one of the people, one of the girls in Happy Death Day. And um, again, it's like it's a really good, strong female cast. Yeah. Again, totally leading the way. Almost two final girls in this. Yeah, yeah. So I give them joint joint final girl status. Obviously, you know, spoilers: one gets away, one doesn't. (laughs) But I can't tell you which one. But um, you know, there's a um, there's no getting away at one point Mm. in this movie. You know, I'm not going to spoil it too much. Um, Just if you are going to worship a devil or demon type character, make sure you worship the right one and don't (laughs) leave other ones out because they might get jealous. Damn right. And, you know, then they're going to fuck you up. (laughs) (laughs) I did a little bit of research on, on obviously, the director, Chelsea Stardust. She used to be Jason Bloom's assistant. So really? She's, worked, she's cut her teeth and worked on a lot of movies. So she's worked on all the Insidious movies, uh, um, uh, Sinister movies. Uh, she worked on uh, Boy Next Door. So she's done and, and loads and loads of horror movies. She's done a lot of shorts as well. So it was quite interesting to find out about her career. And she's done a lot of comedy as well. Uh, Possibly. I think she early days she did quite a lot of comedy as well before she like Might before be. she she was like obsessed with horror but couldn't get into it. And then before that she was into um did did a few comedy bits. And then when they got onto this, she was the only person who had comedy experience. Comedy experience ah. and horror experience. So she was like the perfect fucking perfect. role. Well, and she did a shows. fucking great job. Yeah, yeah. I mean so. that experience obviously that of, of being on all those sets and stuff has really paved the way and, and she's done a great job as far as I'm concerned. I absolutely love this movie. She's got a fucking great name as well. Yeah. 
<laughs> MVP name. I wonder if that's really her name. But yeah, so <laughs> did we even tell the name of this movie? Yeah, so, Titanic. Right, right, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I gave this eight breaths out of ten because I loved it. Oh, I also gave this eight oh breaths out of ten. I fucking loved it, man. It was yeah, just yeah. like, it's proper up there. It was one of my favourite ones from the weekend. It was good really, really stuff, cool. Mate. Right up there with Ready or Not. Excellent stuff. Oh, this is where... Okay. We're Shit gets real. We're moving on now to film free. So here we are, on a barge for one crazy weekend of fun and laughter. Oh, I missed you. Oh, I love that out here. Makes me feel so alive. Steered one of these beauties before, have you? Yeah. Well, any trouble, give me a call. Trouble? It's going to be a great weekend. I can feel it. So... Film three of the day. We we um, got lucky enough to get these tickets. Uh, uh, out of the seven films we wanted to see, ticket wise, we only got two, and this was the first one we went for personally, and that's the truth. So we went for this one, and it's called The Barge People, and this was in a smaller theater um, in the Cine World um, complex. What, how many do you reckon it's seated? Probably about 50? 50. Didn't 60. even know this screen existed. Didn't know that it was the screen this small. It was smaller than some of the Prince, the Prince Charles ones. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I, I, yeah. In my eyes, it shouldn't have been in this one anyway. It was we'll so, get to that. Yeah, it was so, so intimate. So this film, yeah, The Barge People, is directed by Charlie Steeds. Um, he's also the owner of Dark Temple Films. Um, and it's, this film has got a distributor through uh, Raven Banner. This film is, for me, it was just like a complete love letter to the old school horror kind of the films you go in. And even Charlie Steed said it himself. He wanted to make it like one of those VHS movies that you would go in and rent from the store when you were younger and stuff. Um, he obviously has got had a brilliant upbringing in movies and his experience with movies is obviously brilliant because it comes across in this movie it follows uh, a group of british holiday goers they're going on a barge holiday along the kennet and avon canal yeah <laughs> so it's quite near near to home and yeah they so they go on this barge holiday they come across some locals piss them off and then some strange shit happens it's sort of like i described it as like the hills of eyes on a barge <laughs> cool all right. I mean, it's got fucking fish, uh, fish people in it. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, um, but this this movie we found out was shot on a two hundred grand um, budget, and he used every fucking penny to make this movie great. I mean, I asked him a lovely, I asked him a question like afterwards and stuff like that because these actors seem to go through hell in this movie and it's like they were getting knocked around all the place and mm. i was like thinking you ain't got the money for uh for stunt actors so i was like what did it you know what's the what's the physicality like on this movie and he's like and i'm like i knew the answer i fucking knew that every single actor had just like gone fuck it we're gonna we ain't got the money we're just gonna smash ourselves through into it, yeah. they just must have gone they just must have like come aches pains bruises mm. Because they were getting thrown through, like, different... The barge got ruined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they had a and a like you said, when you asked the question. And it just seemed to me like every actor that was there or whoever was the writer, anybody, they were all in this completely. Because Charlie Steed said that this this uh, script could have been pick, picked up by a major. 
um, but they didn't decide to go with the major. They went with Charlie Steed and he said, I'll make this movie and I'll make it how I think it should be. And he smashed it. And this is like crazy, crazy good. The kid's got balls on him. You know, I don't, I don't want to like, I'm not going into his age, but you know, well, you are now, he's, he's got, now. he's got a long career ahead of him and you know, he's doing well at start. Keep going with these fucking indies, yeah. please, man. It's like, I want to, I want to go into the film a little bit more if that's all right. But the, creature effects on this looked brilliant i loved it again like such a low budget and but it didn't look low budget to me at all it looked like full-on like proper like 70s 80s horror in places and and it's just like (laughs) there's one thing i want to talk about is, is the one line where there's quite a yuppie kind of guy and he's just like oh you can have my rolex it's a roly and and like take all my money i've got you know, two grand in the bank take it all and the, and, the, and the guy goes we don't want your money we want your flesh i love that one liner and yeah. then he just basically bites the guy's throat out or something it's just it's just so cool and it just takes a, such a weird twist and i just like as well as well as uh, when it's shot when there's like a whole bit where there's like they're fighting the creatures for ages. For ages this is the yeah. thing I found nuts. It's like you, you couldn't seem to kill these fuckers. No, they stabbed them. They were in them with frying pans. It's they were cool doing all the yeah, definitely, man. But the way they was like these mutants were like attacking like the people and like eat, just eating them as eating them alive. Yeah, like complete like that's what's like hills of ice. Yeah. Like, like complete cannibals. on them and blood squirts everywhere. Oh, yeah. And and the, the 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 good thing is as well is don't forget it's shot in this fucking tiny bar. <laughs> so filming these scenes in this tiny little bit, trying to get all these shots right, it's like how the fuck yeah. do I play, man? You know, it's just just really really good and really raw and really just like the sort of film definitely that I would like go out and buy when I was a kid. I would have saved up all my pocket money, ran down to the nearest shop. And bought it on VHS. The poster would have made me, but would made oh, me get this. Hands I can't, down. I can't. I'd want this on a physical copy. I think hands the down. the artwork in this is absolutely incredible. There's, there's three posters knocking about. Yeah. All three of them, I would have bought that movie. Yeah. You know, if I could get a poster of that, I'd have it on my wall. The title sequence was immense. Yeah. That was like that got me right in the mood for this. It was so 80s in its sort of opening, like the eeriness, the music, the and music, stuff like that, and bang on synth. But the 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 title. Um, itself it's almost like well, don't look now was it like don't look now text Real, or something like, like that yeah like 70s font mm, wasn't it? Like, really yeah, cool yeah I love that as soon as that come up it just like you know it made my balls shrink a little bit it was like yes <laughs> <laughs> finally yeah. we're gonna get this fucking awesome horror movie like low budget but didn't look low budget smashed it out of the park I cannot wait to see what's next yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll be. I'll be keeping an eye on this dude's career, man. To find out what's going on. Hopefully. Absolutely, one hundred percent. The act, the actresses are worth like mentioning because we had like Katie, uh, Kate Davis, speak and yeah. um, Natalie Martins. They were fucking like the main two, and they were fucking cracking. And what I love as well, uh, Kate really was plugging this on on Twitter and stuff, and she was doing videos, really getting behind it. I mean, she she was one of the reasons why this got made, you know. Mm. Um, and and I'm just like. I think that people should get behind this movie and champion it. It's British made. Fantastic. That's what we need. And I think this will do great in the US as well. I think they'll love this sort of movie because it, it, it's just like one of those things you don't really get much of nowadays. 
I'm not gonna say like trauma edge, but there's just the monsters were just like something like weird. They were yeah. weird and wonderful, like they were designed. They were different. They were kind. Of, they weren't all the same. They were each one was had its kind of different kind yeah. of feel to it, which was. Cool. I can't remember the names. Have of you them. named them? Yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. one was called Blade. I yes, think. one was definitely called Blade. One was possibly called Bones or something. Oh, maybe right. I don't know. It was fucking great. <laughs> but it was it was brilliant. I I loved this movie. Absolutely loved it. What? How many breaths out of ten you're gonna give this one? I'm gonna give this one seven breaths out of ten. I give it eight. Oh, it's a big An one eight. for you then. That's cool, yeah, man. I love this movie. I just like, I'm I'm just you know every year I say to you, like there's one movie I want to see, and and we've got to go for this. Is why I said this, we've got to go for that one first when we went for yeah. the discovery tickets. I was like, we've got to go for it. I'm so so happy we did. Yeah, because all pick, I've man. seen is people come out of this film, and I've not seen one bad word about it. Everybody's really, really, really got behind this movie. Awesome, uh, fantastic, fantastic movie. So, on to our last movie of the festival. You've just had reconstructive surgery. You can't take your bandages off just yet. Okay, from the great directors, Jen and Sylvia Soska, a.k.a. the Soska twins. A.k.a. the Twisted Twins. A.k.a. they love David Cronenberg. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, okay. yeah, this movie is like, so this movie's called Rapid. Sorry, this movie's called Rabid. Um, and it's a remake of the 1977 David Cronenberg movie, and it's a fucking love letter to David Cronenberg. I mean, they do him justice. Yeah, it stars Laura Vandervoort, um, Greg Burke, Stephen um, Mahotti. I think I got that wrong. Ted Atherton, and a great cameo from CM Punk. So I didn't. Have, I have to confess, I haven't seen. Um, the 1977 Rabid. So this was like my first introduction to the movie. So I'll be looking to go and watch it now and then see if I can compare the two and see what all the fuss was about and stuff. But, you know, as a standalone for me, I thought it was brilliant. You know, I mean, the movie itself is about um, a a young sort of fashion, um, fashion designer who falls off a bike and wakes up in a coma a week later with a massive deformity. Oh, on her face effects, oh my word and that so much crazy. so the, the effects are so good that it got the girls banned from uh that twitter yeah has to be worth noting i did hands up i can i i basically campaigned for them to get twitter back <laughs> it was me that brought them back thank you very much draw my last breath podcast <laughs> um so yeah your are free the Soski sisters yes but they were a tour de force of the of the festival they made that festival for me and um, but I didn't want it to blind me from watching the movie and critiquing the movie. But the movie is brilliant. It's well acted. She, Laura Vandervoort was um, outstanding mm. um, in that role. Um, and it's like... I guess Considering she hadn't really got a horror background either, really. Don't think what she'd done. She was in Smallville, as far as I know. Uh, Jigsaw as well. Oh, okay, Jigsaw. Okay, so that's we won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, and it goes in... It's sort of an outbreak. For me, it was like a sort of an outbreak movie that stems from her. And stems from wherever she is, she has reconstructive surgery on herself to by an experiment by experimental procedure, mm. and it seems to me that like whatever happened to her, whatever is going on with her, and she sort of I don't know craves blood, I suppose, but she sort of like 
um, this, almost the center of this outbreak that sort of starts happening around the city. Mm. And the, there's some, and I'm not going to say it's not as zombie. It's definitely an, I'll put, I'll put it in that outbreak category, um, like rabies and stuff like that, which yeah. is what rabid, you know, rabid means and stuff like that. And yeah, there's just some like absolute genius bits in it. Like, you know, CM Punk, like diving through a fucking cafe and like, just like fighting off like fighting each other and stuff like that. and like the blood the gore the body horror which is really important to david cronenberg now i'm sure there's loads of people out there who are a massive david cronenberg fan and would have got every easter egg that's in this movie so there's plenty of them apparently um but i didn't so i just looked at it and just enjoyed the movie and i thought it was fucking brilliant yeah i mean it's well paced it, yeah i mean it goes it goes basically it goes straight into it and the the thing with the gore like the whole being banned off twitter like the her face when they come to that reveal i kind of wish i'd never seen the picture of it kind of because i would have liked to seen the reveal but i get that they have to you know they had to show that to get people interested to go wow the effects on that looks good i'm gonna go and watch this movie but when they do the reveal of her face is is pretty harrowing like you know she gets um, and this is the most unapologetic doctor you've ever met in your life <laughs> yes. it's like oh don't give her a mirror again it's like what the fuck this guy is just like his bedside manner is shit why the fuck did he give her a mirror in the first it's, place it's just a dick that doctor and anyway so the, the reveal is pretty mad but the one bit that really like that really, they, they, they show warts and all because obviously when she finally gets home and she's they, you really go through it with her, with the whole disfigurement of her face, because they've literally wired her mouth shut. And it's the scene where she has to try and eat food. Mm. So she has to obviously blend all her food and suck it through a straw. And it, the, the way she acts on that bit, and it just you feel the frustration of her. And, and it's just... It's like it looks so painful. And you just... People, you know, this has happened to people in real life, man. This this accidents like that have happened to people in real life. Like they smash their face up beyond being fixed, so they have to get it wired fucking shut. You know, and it's just like they obviously have gone to the sources of these and said, right, what'd it be like to do this? What'd it be like to do that? Um But it's full on, it just shows it warts and all. Like all out. Um but then yeah, it, it just it it follows her closely and and shit starts to break out, man, and it just goes batshit crazy. But it just, it, it deals with, again, it's like, it's almost a theme going through Fight Fest. It, you know, what what is she doing? Because she has these blackouts, and she don't know what she's doing. And it, it's really weird, because, like, we're going back to Bliss, there's the blackouts, um, and uh, several other movies we saw where, where it involves, what, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, Black String as well, dealt with that, mental issues and stuff. And it touches on that as well, which is really clever. But it was just, I just felt like it was uh, thoroughly entertaining the whole way through. It kept me really interested. It was, it was just crazy. Yeah, and with the doctor as well, like the, the the main dude who sort of like does the experimental sort of procedure and stuff. Like that. He's a quite a creepy little dude. Um, and we get to really know him in the sort of last act and stuff like that. And that's where like sort of the Cronenberg-esque scenes sort of come from. Mm. Because um, David Cronenberg's Videodrome, right? Yeah. Videodrome, okay. So, and Scanners. And Scanners, yeah. So you can see, I can see 
this what this movie is going to be like when I watch the <laughs> watch the. I'll, I'll lend you the original. Yeah, so watch the original. It, compare. Yeah, it'd definitely. Be to, it'd be nice to hear what you think. But that like last sort of final act and stuff like that with his wife, you know, um, and seeing what sort of become of her, mm-hmm. and you wonder has he perfected this? Yeah. Um, uh, good and, little twist as well. Yeah, good little twist and stuff like that, which we won't won't spoil. No, no I won't spoil that one. Um, Don't, but, you've got to seek this one out. Yeah, this, I, you know, it's going to get released one hundred percent. Oh, it'll get a mainline release. This is great. This is fucking. Honestly, like, if you like Cronenberg and you like, this is a modern take, though. It's just, I don't know, it's just felt fresh and new and, like, yeah. exciting. And, like, you haven't seen, like, an out- original justice. Yeah, and, and the outbreak and stuff like that and all the sort of, like, scenes of the rabies and the fighting and, um, you know, the attacking the people and, like, you know, coming back to life and all that sort of stuff. I really enjoyed that and, like, you know, like reminiscent of 28 Days Later and all that mm. sort of stuff. I don't know. I, I, I really, really buzzing for this one it just had a, it had a good tone throughout it as well it had its own kind of stamp its own kind of feel all the way through which i thought it, it was just really really cool a little bit of a fact for you okay there's um now you know her best friend chelsea in the film that she li- goes to live with and helps her kind of through it yeah uh, her adopted sister yeah um real life name uh i'm gonna butcher this uh, Hanaki Talbert, her name is. Okay. Um, she is actually in this, and she's also in Ready or Not. She oh. Apparently, I think she's one of the maids. She's from, one of the maids. One of the maids from Ready or Not. Fucking how she gets fucked up. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, and, and another little fact: there's actually two wrestlers in this movie. You've got CM Punk and AJ Mendes. Who the fuck is AJ Mendes? I have no idea. She's from WWE. She. She. she yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I think the yeah. Soski sisters have this connection with, with wrestling. Well, they're in it. they got a little cameo. And they're, well, obviously, they're Canadian, and I think they're, they're, both those wrestlers are Canadian. Oh, okay. So, and it was shot in Canada. So, in my eyes, Canadians fucking rock! Yeah, come on, fucking Canadians! <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I thought this was perfect as a closer for us, because this was the last movie we mm. saw. Um, we weren't going to stick around for the last one. We... We had to get out of Dodge because it's very late and we both have work the next day. Well, I'm excited to see what these girls do next. I mean, we watched, um, uh, well, I've seen, I don't know if you've seen now, American Mary. American yeah, Mary seen, yeah. is fucking great. I got that on DVD and I absolutely love that movie. I want to see some of their other, they've got a couple of other bits. They've got a couple of other shorts and stuff. Yeah. ABC, ABC are deaf too. They've got a short on there, which yeah. we need to go and, um, we need to go and like scope out, I think, and watch that. But yeah. Watch this space because we're coming after you, Soski sisters. You're coming on the show. You promised us at Fright Fest, so you're coming on the show. Yeah, we're getting contact, yeah. Right. And what are you rating this bad boy then? I rated this one an 8 out of 10. I also gave it an 8 out of 10. Yes. Savaloy. So that's Fright Fest then. Mate, I've got to say, mate, a massive thanks to you as well, mate, because without you, I wouldn't have had half of the good time that I had out there because it was fucking awesome just hanging out with you watching horror movies um, you're welcome fucking chatting everyone chatting to everybody <laughs> and you're an arsehole <laughs> that's why I love you <laughs> yeah dude man it was honestly it's like you know there's nothing uh, there's no one I'd really want to go and do that with yeah and spend uh, that much time spend that much time oh with God, yeah. oh fucking hell and the, I'm still coming to see you now <laughs> see the, the thing is it's like Everybody knows who's been. 
to everybody we thanked at the start and to to the people that go everybody knows the, there's this kind of code of conduct there where you just chat to anybody and you're nice to each other there is no place on earth where you can go and just feel like that if you're a horror fan it's like a proper horror family i'm sure there's other places that you know things that happen that are kind of that same thing but nowhere for me personally do you go and feel accepted um relaxed just all on the same wavelength it's like a little family but anybody's welcome new old doesn't matter how old you are or how weird you are everybody's accepted do you know what i mean yeah they anybody? accept me so exactly you're <laughs> fucking old and weird yeah exactly uh, so <laughs> so that is our that wraps up our fright fest review um thanks everybody there obviously um that made it and stuff um what we got next dude yeah i mean that was a bit of a downer now that was a oh, really good lesson don't know we're right on a downer yes Everybody's okay got the fright fest blues we're going to bring you back up with our next episode yes our next episode is going to be featuring the amazing second part to um stephen king's it the with bill skarsgård as pennywise coming back at you and all the uh the old actors with james mcavoy and jessica chastain and everyone can't bloody wait can't bloody wait for that and then we've got a little special guest coming on board hopefully so uh, we got something special for saved for something to scream about i'm not going to say anything more than that um how i'm I think we worked out when we did the maths. It took us quite a long time to work out, but um, I'm doing the movie from the vault yeah. this time around. Yeah, so we're going back to our old schedule now. Where mm. We'll have um, the news, we'll have our feature, which will be our review, and then we'll have our movie from the, uh, something to scream about and our movie from the vault. Yeah, so I'm going to pick the movie from the vault now before uh, we sign off. And I don't know what this is. What are you. Uh, what you got on the table well i'm going for our second ever Cli- oh is this our third oh is this our third clive barker movie oh i'm going know. for bloody hellraiser mate yay finally <laughs> i'm happy with that is this our third will that be our third clive barker with what we've done we've done candy man candy man and we have that crappy thing that you oh. made me watch nightbreed <laughs> bellend so this is our third clive, third ba- clive barker whoa bloody hell don't know how we met. haven't even done Romero yet. Like, Jesus Christ. I know. Saving that. Fair play. <laughs> Fair play. No, I'm well excited for that. Right, I'm well, so, well looking forward to this. So yeah, our move from the vault is Hellraiser. And I guess there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil. And I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast. Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath. Or pop us an email at draw one last breath pod at hotmail.com.